Hello, everyone. This is Stephen Hesse from the Geek Apocalypse podcast. Is it me? And you're listening to the Engage podcast. Hope you enjoy. Incoming transmission. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Engage podcast. I'm Jamie. I'm Phil. And I'm Simon. And today we're going to be doing Star Trek in-jokes and references with our special guest, Stephen from Geek Apocalypse. Is it me? (laughs) (laughs) It is you. It is me, yes. Thank you guys for having me on. I much appreciate it. You're welcome. It's good to, it's good to have you on. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to uh, meet you at last, Stephen, because last time I didn't get that chance, unfortunately. So, it's Yeah, just... yeah, just for the reference, just so people know that, uh, yeah, I invited these guys on my podcast, and unfortunately only Simon could do it. Hello. So. But I say only, oh, I don't say unfortunately as in he was bad, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. didn't really I want to on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I did everything I could. I really enjoyed it. It was really fun. It's it's really nice. It's like when we had Simon on, who uh, um uh, when we had... um. Uh, it, it is Simon, isn't it? The other guy who's meant to be on. I can't remember his name. From um, uh, some kind Clive. of Star Trek. Clive, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yeah, somebody Simon's. Uh, yeah, he. Clive, he yeah. Uh, it's just really nice to just sit and and talk about Star Trek because I, I you know, I, as as we touched on with Simon when he was on my podcast, and I, I mention this all the time, is that um, you know, I've I've watched Star Trek and since. I was little because my dad was a huge fan of all of them, really. Like, well, particularly Next Generation. And then me and my brother would argue about which was better because he liked Deep Space Nine. That was a Voyager guy. So I was like, okay. So, yeah. So, uh, so it's just really right. nice to sit and talk about stuff. So, yeah. So, like, no, I'm happy, excited. Yeah. yeah, you were definitely right about that. But there we go. Um, <laughs> Jamie, here we come. <laughs> yeah. Deep, deep Space Nine. It's uh, my favourite series five at the moment. That's sort of my one I absolutely love. So I think it sounds like Jamie prefers the you know. Dal- Dalek version at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I think Skype, uh, Skype disagrees with you, uh, Jamie. Decided. Very you were going to say Deep Space Nine and Skype went. I'm not allowing him to say that because that's totally wrong. Because we always <laughs> no. agree with Microsoft. No. <laughs> we always have to agree. Mr. Yeah. Borg again. Yes. Well, I've, yeah. I've just received a note. I've just received a note. Uh, Deep Space Nine is the best <laughs> series ever uh, signed. <laughs> I haven't been told. MSN. <laughs> Who is this MSN? Oh, it's always Musnun. I don't know if you can see, but there's a red dot just appeared on my head. <laughs> you must say this. You must say this, Steve. Uh, anyway. Yeah, but we just actually wanted to say, unfortunately, Clive from some kind of trek couldn't join us tonight because yeah. um, he was meant to uh, be on as well, but unfortunately he couldn't make it. So we just wanted to say, hi, Clive. Sorry you couldn't make it. Um, we definitely would love to have you on at some point, though. So it should yeah. be good. But it's a bit more intimate this time because obviously we've had Clive separately on the podcast. We have now got Stephen separately on the podcast. And then we can bring them all as a big podcast sandwich later on. Yes. And, like that. Uh, and you can decide who wants to be the filling. Uh, Geek Apocalypse, you, Stephen. Geek Apocalypse, you're one of the other media providers for... FCD, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which we're all really looking forward to. What's, April. That, what's that, Phil? I said, which we're all really looking forward to. April cannot come too soon enough. <laughs> Indeed. I actually was thinking about, in relation to what we could do at FCD, which would be fun, is probably we should get... In particular, any podcasters, yes. to, like we should all yeah. sit down and do like a, a joint one, yeah. and then we'll right. just like all put it on all our separate things. That'd be quite fun. Mm. Uh, I'm sure we could organise that at, at, at some at some point. I think that'd be really fun. It's a good like little cross promotion thing. 
Will anyone actually get a word in? <laughs> like, well, this topic? <laughs> that's why you have like sort of a host is one of the things that you you know you kind of go right. Let's mediate this conversation and keep on track because uh, that, that's the old that, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah. It's just that it, it, it's something you. It's something you. I mean, I'm I'm fortunate and I've had lots of years of experience, especially when. You know, uh, you know, when I do my radio show in Newcastle, like one of the things you have to stick the point because you got like ten minute segments and then you have to play a song. So it's like <laughs> that's that's where my training comes into play because naturally one of the reasons I love doing podcasting is because you can say you can take your time to say what you think. Whereas in radio you have to be very um, you know, distinct and, and to the point and that's something that I've had to learn, I'll be honest, because that's not yeah. that's not my natural ability. Um but I, I like to think I'm good at it. But yeah, it's, uh, that's one of the reasons I enjoy doing it because it's a different skill entirely as opposed to something like this where you can kind of go, right, I'm going to spend 10 minutes talking about why I like this and it, yours are yeah. all wrong and go screw yourself. Which is what we're sort of all about as well. Yeah. So we know exactly where you're coming from. <laughs> ah, awesome. Sounds fun. <laughs> but yeah, we're getting to um, topic, Jamie. So topic, topic, topic. We'd see yes, Star so... Trek in-jokes. And references, yes. I mean, um, we've got a sort of a great website that Simon's recommended as a source, which was um, X Asterisk Scientia. Is that pronounced correctly? Or... I don't know. I don't get it right, so don't worry. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good as anything. I don't know, yeah. We'll go with... We'll... We'll go with that then. So yeah, the, website yeah. I always reference. Go with that one. Whatever. Yeah. Just, but for just, the, yeah. those who are wondering what an L, what an L, what an L, what an L, what an L. There we go. What an L we're going on about. It's uh, it's all those little things that people can look and see the difference. So for example, a good example of looking at it is either the Simon Pegg films or Ardman, um, all the little quips or the little in jokes that you can see. So whereas they will reference something, there's always something that's going on in Star they Trek. Always have an ice cream in there. In the Conetto uh, Cornetto series. There you are, that's a in-joke. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Jake Phil's trying to go on about. Just like in the Abrams films, in both Abrams films, they've got um, R2-D2 in it for yes. split-seconds appearances. There you are, that's the first one. Yes. And they're linked nicely yeah. in. <laughs> Almost as if we planned it, Simon. <laughs> Don't be silly. Don't be silly. Are you also are you also referring to when the Millennium Falcon is 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 um? You would know you would know contact? that you would know about that film, wouldn't you? Somehow I would, I would somehow came up in what, our podcast. What was that thing? There's a fr- that my friend Drew was telling me this. Isn't this? Isn't there a whole like sort of funny joke that everyone that, that someone said about Ant Man that he actually appeared in every film, but he's so small that you can't see. Him. <laughs> that's what my friend Drew was telling me that like the, 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 yeah. he, he reckons that, that that's what Marvel are going to do. They're going to have like Ant Man's been in every film that you've seen. You just you can't see him. No, uh, <laughs> no he just stands on Stan Lee's shoulder like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Stan Lee says he's got the most cameos. I I disagree. Ant-Man's on his shoulder. He should have joint credit. Yeah, exactly. exactly. (laughs) Yeah, and talking about Star Wars and things, in the next-gen episode, Subarosa, when they're in the graveyard scene, Mm -hmm. there are um, graves for Mr. Mr. or Mrs. Vader and um, Mardi McFly next to it. Oh, Oh, nice. Which I thought quite though. quite funny. I I love I love uh, I love hearing stuff like this. It's really sort of interesting. Like you know when you hear that people do like sort of homages to people. I think that because I think that's the biggest sort of flattery you can do for other people's work. You know, like yeah. just yeah. to give them a give them a. Uh, it's like um I'm actually like 
um, working on with a bunch of other people a web series that I've wrote, and um, two of the characters are a, a tribute to Bottom, the the, the Bottom series uh, in the nineties with Rick Mill and Ed Edmondson. Yes. Um, which <laughs> Up I, the nose or not at all? Yeah, I absolutely. <laughs> what a smashing blouse you're having! You have on. Uh, is uh, I am. I, um, I absolutely adored that series because, like, it's one of them things. You know how, like, you end up watching something that you shouldn't watch like you, you watch it far too young like my yeah, brother because yeah. i have an older brother my older brother and my dad used to just sit and watch that show and i would catch glimpses and i was too young to understand all the dirty jokes they did but just <laughs> whenever they started hitting each other with frying pans it was, it was just funny. the funniest thing ever um and i just absolutely adore that series so yeah uh, there's a Emergency there's a fair time. few references of just tribute to them especially you know, because Rick Mail sadly passed away not too long ago. Yeah. It was like, um, I was like, I, I have to. That's what I said when he died, actually, that I, I tweeted a thing where I basically was just, I, I was like, oh, I need to say something just because he, he's, and I just said what I, the honest thing was, the single person to make me laugh the most in my entire life was Rick Mail. Like, because I just, I loved everything he was in. Uh, even Drop Dead Fred. Yeah, so I was just about to say that Drop Dead Fred. Oh, yeah. One of the best films. Like, it's not the great, not a great film, but not a great film, but he's great in it. Yeah. So, but um, but so yeah, honestly, like you know, even even the 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 what was it, the New Statesman or whatever it was called, like that that wasn't that terrible either. Like, I just think he's phenomenally good. Good. He was he was a phenomenally good comedic actor and. The first thing I did uh, when I found out he died is I went on YouTube and watched all the Lord Flashheart stuff <laughs> from Blackadder. I was just like, oh. He was brilliant in Blackadder. It yeah. was just yeah, perfect. So I, I always, what's the, what's the... Oh, is that quote? where it's me from? That might be where I got it from because doesn't he say is it, it is me? it me? Yes, he does say it. <laughs> there you go. You've done it. That must be where I got it from. That must be where I got it from. That's my subconscious telling me where it was. That's right. He turns to the camera when he first gets introduced it and goes, me? no, it doesn't say, is it me? But it goes, it's me, but it's, sim- it's close enough. Yeah, it's that, yeah. that must be where I got from. Because he turns to the camera and goes, yes, it's me. <laughs> Anywho, that's very funny. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Oh, nice. Fantastic. It's oh, the man. It's the gas man. Yeah. I think we've established that. <laughs> but no, what, what, another um, reference as well, like my dad. This is actually one my dad put me onto was uh, the eighteen. So we see the credits of the movie, which we see Reginald Barclay is credited, which is obviously a reference to Dwight. Uh-huh. Dwight Dwight Schwartz or something. Thank you, Stephen. I couldn't pronounce it. I, I, I can't remember. I, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce his second name, but he's <laughs> he's phenomenally good. Like um yeah. um. I, I've been re-watching Next Generation uh, recently, and I actually watched a few episodes last night, and, and like, the actual, ep- you know how, like, when people get featured episodes, especially with them being sort of regular cast members, not the main cast, they, yeah, they, they're usually awful. They usually like what they only. I think they're only doing this because of like, well, the beat they're here every day. Let's let's give them a featured episode. It's a bit like, you know, there was two episodes I can think of: Next Generation and Voyager, where they have like crew members that you never see, and they do an episode focusing on like ensigns, like getting more exposure, like that time when Janeway goes. Yeah. They've never been on an away mission, and the one I just saw on Next Generation where they're promoting people and um, pseudo. Gets killed. The Bajoran Lord gets killed. Lower decks. Yeah, that's a brilliant episode. Uh, I yeah. love that episode. Yeah, I just watched that recently. Um, and yeah, it's just like you, you see them and go, "Well, you've never even seen these characters, and all of a sudden they're getting an episode feature." But with Barkley, like I, I don't think he. Uh, you, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I reckon 
he hasn't really done, I don't think he ever did an episode specifically with him in or primarily about him that was bad. Like I always thought any of the, the stories they did, even like with Voyager when, when he started being involved with the Pathfinder stuff, I thought they were really interesting. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I don't think there was ever, when, I, when I've watched an episode with Barkley, I've actually always quite enjoyed them. So mm-hmm. I'd agree with you on that, Stephen, yeah. Number one similar to that is Miles O'Brien, of course. All, all, he, all he used to do was... Oh, yeah. On the, uh, and that was it. And, and now all of a sudden he's got this this brilliant episode. What was it, si, uh, Jamie, where he's in the prison? Hard What's time. Hard, hard time. Yeah. That's just, yeah. I mean, to, to go from just no real part to do something like that is just... Yeah, I want to so... say something that made me laugh because uh, I watched that episode. You know, you, remember, uh, you probably you know better with episode names than I am, but I watched the episode with um, where the crew gets stuck and, you, and Picard ends up in the turbo lift with the kids. It was Captain Picard. Disaster. Being, yeah, the oh, Disaster, yes, yeah. yeah. Season yeah. five, episode four. There you go. And, and, uh, <laughs> I have to point out, Jamie's got an encyclopedic memory. Great, great for good for him. That's something I forget. So that's <laughs> we'll come to Jamie for... Uh, I never have to remember anything. It's just, Jamie, what episode's that? <laughs> yeah. That's his episode. But, but yeah, um, but one of the things I love about the episode, speaking of Miles O'Brien, is if you guys remember, because this is something that they ended up focusing on after this episode, because I remember um, the, um, Marina Sirtis touched on this. You, you never really like touch on, like it always gets hinted at what her actual rank is, because she's a counsellor. But then that, it's only ever acknowledged in that. It's only acknowledged from that point on in that episode because I, I, I bet Colin Meany, or well, Miles O'Brien as a character, would be devastated to find out he's standing <laughs> on the bridge. Everyone's everyone's uh, like in like presumed dead, and he's like looking at him, Ensign Rowe, and <laughs> Councillor Troy, and he has the line where he goes. Well, under this scenario, she actually has a bigger <laughs> rank than me. And it's like, expect, he has his chance to shine, and the councillor's got a better rank than he is. Like... Yeah, and not to mention Noggle sends up that rank in him as well. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, and then you hear it, like, there's an episode I, I laughed at where I watched the episode, and then I saw an episode where he mentioned he'd been, like, transport a chief for, like, 10 years, and I'm thinking, you think he would kind of need to move on? Yeah. You know, he's not yeah, getting yeah. the praise he deserves, you know? And then he ends up getting the chief engineering job at D Space Nine. You're like, I don't blame him for leaving. Like, <laughs> yeah. The only way he was ever going to go up in the world if he got off that damn ship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because any of that episode you ever see him in, as you say, it's either he's transporting someone, or like that episode where Barkley, um, which is a great episode, that one where the they go to that rescue ship and there's um, the, the the crew inside the 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 buffer of the transporter. And he thinks he's seeing people because of his... Oh, yeah, uh, Realm of Fear, I think. Yeah, that's, that's right, the one, yeah. yeah. So, and a uh, great episode. And, and yeah, that bit where like he keeps saying, the Councillor Troy, he keeps saying things and he wasn't hallucinating. So he gets the go to, to Chief O'Brien, he's like, and he's just like pulling shit out, <laughs> like checking things. And you're like, I felt so bad for him. So I'm thinking, he just, just, yeah. he just it, like... I imagine like the episodes, like, you know, the, the, the bits in between we don't see. Like, I imagine just like, Right guy going into the transporter going, I fancy a level three diagnostic of the of the transporter today. Oh, why is that? Uh, why is that, Commander? Oh, I'll just give you something to do. <laughs> yeah, plenty of spare time. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, like when, like when they were like, when he's on duty in the transporter room, like that must be the most boring job in the world. It's like having a parole officer or something. In a, to, on a... to be fair, he'd probably prefer them naturally hanging around with Keiko. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Well, when he gets possessed by that ghost, uh, it, with the um, 
you know, where they, they, they go down on the away mission and they get them ghosts, her, him, Data and Troy get possessed by them ghosts and oh, then Nintendo. Yeah. Power, He's yeah. really prepared to kill her and I don't think that was not just subconscious. <laughs> I think he wanted her dead as in somebody. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I think yeah. that happens everywhere in the relationship, let's be honest. Yeah. Marky was, <laughs> wasn't in that one, was he? No, he wasn't. Uh, no. In that episode I just mentioned with the ghosts. No, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, no, he wasn't, was he? I don't think so, no. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, but he also, um, obviously, in the A-Team series, he played uh, Murdoch as well. Yes. Mad mm-hmm. Murdoch, so. Because oh, yeah. I've, I've, never, I've never actually seen the actual series. I've seen the, the film they did, which I thought was mm-hmm. really good, actually. But, yeah, so. But, oh, but the remake, you mean? Yeah, the remake, yeah. Yeah, with oh, Quint and Rampage Jackson, the MMA fighter being Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> that was ridiculous. When I saw that, I'm thinking, like, you know, I, I don't know. It's like when you see sort of Mr. T and you go, and then you yeah. get, it's like, I don't think MMA fighter. It's like that joke, you know how he's called Bear Baracus mm. in the in the thing? It's like, um, uh, I think it's like Michael McIntyre or something. goes like, the, there was a question in a quiz where it was like, what's the Bear stand for? And their joke was bad actor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I thought I thought it was a fun film. Anyway, it's just a film, and you had to have fun. Yeah, yeah. I've not I've not seen it, but I'm, I I've heard it's okay. Um, there you go. Yeah, so that's 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 sort of my dad put me onto that sort of reference. So yeah, 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 good, cool. But um, another one also is obviously one that has loads of references. Obviously, because I've I've had guest stars from Star Trek. Is obviously the Big Bang Theory as well. You know, mm-hmm. so that's definitely another one to sort of tuck in because obviously you've had. Will Wheaton's been guessed quite a few times. LeVar Burton. What's that? LeVar Burton's been on there. The oh, fun fun with didn't... flags. Right oh, I didn't know that. Because yeah. he's been that. in a couple of times. He's been he's a couple of times. Yeah. He did yeah. the, he did the, he, he guessed it. Uh, he, yeah, as, as, uh, as Phil said, he did the, the, fl- the fl- fun with flags. He did a guest appearance on that. And uh, there's a camu he does at the end of an episode where they're doing the party, where they're doing the karaoke, and he goes, he, he, he accepts t- an invitation from Twitter to a party, and he goes, I'm so done with Twitter. Like, it's just a little cameo thing he does. Because he oh, turns okay. up, and they're just, uh, what are they doing? They're doing something weird. Oh, yeah, the that, that, it's like, uh, uh, karaoke that. and walking on sunshine. Mm. Yes, yeah, so they're just <laughs> just him and Raj singing. Yeah, the door. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, and he goes, I'm so done with Twitter. And he just walked up, and he gets like a huge pop when he walks oh, in. Oh, okay, because I've seen a handful of episodes of Big Bang Free, but I've not seen them all, so... I've, I've, I've actually... Uh, um, I touched on this with uh, Ryan Day, Felicia's brother. She, he was on the podcast, and um, he has a similar problem with it with me, is that I reckon it, I don't enjoy it anymore. Um, I've reached the point... Because the, there was a certain part in Big Bang Theory where um, they... They made it like kind of taking the piss out of geeks as opposed to being part of the crowd. Yeah. It, they really dropped the ball because if you watch the first season, it's like we're going to sort of show that they're smart and you should yeah. be, you should enjoy them for who they are and all that kind of thing. And because of the dynamic, because, uh, you know, not to, to get into logistics, but as someone who's worked on television productions before, situational comedy is by definition you have to have a situation as in an area of conflict yeah and the thing that i enjoyed about it but it seems like they've got lazy about it is because it was a compact group with penny the only real like situation was which i never liked but i can kind of understand and that's in that setup is that it would be them versus penny as in males versus female with her being the only female of the group which is kind of a a realistic thing in that scenario because she's the only girl in that setup Mm. but the problem is when they introduced bernadette and um uh what's her name Uh, amy amy Amy. yeah is that once they included them 
if you, you you'll if you watch like from that point on, like I guess like season four or something, where they're all like kind of there very often. Watch each scene objectively, and you'll see the majority of scenes are very rarely them all together. It's the girls in Amy in uh, in, in yeah. It almost becomes like friends, and did, that, it? and it's literally like every scene becomes oh here that like it's them trashing the guys for being who they are, and the guys going oh we have to uh, appeal to our girlfriends because we're geeks who'd rather spend our time playing video games, yeah. and the girls going oh they only want to play video games, and why can't they? Why can't we just like why can't they be what we want them to be? It 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 defeats the whole purpose of why it became a series because it becomes it, it, it became something it became like EastEnders where it, where it was something else yeah it's, it's uniqueness I just speak yeah it's just if you watch the first season what's great about it is it's them interacting together and it shows people of that nature especially being that smart how, what they're like talking to each other, which Out is of what their comfort zone as well. Thing. Yeah, which is what makes it interesting because it's understanding why geeks are what they are. Uh, but then it seems to me now just become a series where it's like, what can we do to kind of make a joke ridiculing the way they behave as opposed to showing you what it's like to behave? Because that to me, that's harder to write. So they're doing it, and I, I think this is the issue with the fact that America does like 22 episodes a season. Yeah. It's like, it's because they'll have to do episodes like we're probably going to touch on with Star Trek, where they'll do a filler episode where it's absolutely terrible, and they just need to write something really basic to get an episode out of it because they've got so many episodes to do. I think that's half the reason why that's happened, but it's like Will Wheaton really pissed, really, Will Wheaton really annoyed me because I don't know if you guys know this because we were touching on this before we started, mentioned a tabletop is. Um, yeah. He uh, actually went on and dissed Tabletop on that show, which I, I was just like, I didn't get. He maybe did it as a joke, but didn't didn't work. I don't but, know. Yeah, but no one really. Yeah, yeah. One, I, I haven't seen that saying. episode actually. Uh, there's that. Yeah, there's an episode he guests in one of the recent seasons, and I I had stopped watching it, but I heard and I I I I heard a friend tell me this, and they were like, I was really annoyed with him. And I read about it, and like a lot of internet people were like really like from whatever I could gather research wise said they were really annoyed with them because basically he just went on and went. Uh, I can't remember what it was. It was something. Uh, supposedly the joke was, it was about him being a sort of flaying an actor during the time after Star Trek, and he goes, "Oh, it could be worse. You could be doing a web series about board games." That was the joke. Yeah, mate. Yeah, uh, I think that's a bit of negative publicity, which is never bad publicity. Yeah, I think and it was it, that was the only reason he probably probably said, "I'm only going to come on if I get to advertise that." Yeah, well, that's... I mean, you know, I I I get that because, like, for example, in some of the episodes, like uh, in the fun with flags, he's wearing the guild t-shirt. Yes, and there's yeah. another episode where I think he is wearing the tabletop t-shirt as well. So it's like. That's your publicity. I I don't feel the need Sub- to. It's subtle, like a, doing it subtle. It's sort of dig at him, really, and make him go, oh, well, if we're going to hire him, we're going to make him feel bad about what he's currently doing because mm-hmm. they do have this sort of this attitude because it's such a huge show that they can just say what they want because they've got so many people watching that it doesn't matter. Like, we're, we're above them. Um, I, I, I kind of get that feeling about the show, even though it's not written by necessarily that them type of people, like Bill Brady and... Uh, Chuck Love said that, like you know, they're not the biggest you know geeks in the world, so they often ask for advice. Mm. So I think that's half the problem. As I think they just go right, they, they think they've understood it the way they've understood it, and they just go right. We'll just we'll just uh, attack them for it now. But well, anyway. I think they've, they've also been quite lucky because it, over the last what five six years, it's been the rise of the geek culture. Geek has now become popular, and it's sort of they've just 
jumped in right at the point where you know it's almost become just that show that everyone watches almost like Simpsons and Friends it's always on yeah, you, you watch it because there's nothing not because there's nothing else on it's just I've got 20 minutes I'm eating my dinner oh what's on flick mm-hmm. flick 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 oh there's a big bang yeah, I'll watch that yeah, I, I find myself like watching like, a lot of reruns of Friends myself actually so yeah mm-hmm. I agree yeah. with that I agree with that but yeah I mean it's and it's all, obviously I think so you said Levar Burton and was it Lyndon Moy God rest his soul gone now he's, he's he, he was in a couple of episodes as well wasn't he Yep, Brent Spiner uh, there's an yep. there's, a, there's an episode where there's an episode where they have a party at Will's house and Brent Spiner uh, walks in and uh, talks to them and uh, he upsets Sheldon and becomes gets on his list of bad people. <laughs> There's uh, also um, that really noteworthy episode, the Bakersfield Expedition, where they all dress up in uh, TNG costumes. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. doesn't uh, Sheldon be data? Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. And um, oh, then it's Captain Picard, Raj is Wolf, and Howard is Borg, I think. Yes, he is. A, Howard, yeah. Howard is the Borg, yeah. But I think, he, I think he's the Captain Picard Borg. Yeah. Because he, <laughs> he wasn't allowed to be Captain Picard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they go via Vasquez Rocks, which is seen in multiple episodes like Arena and yep. Abrams films. They are yeah. and Red Shirt Diaries. Yeah, and that. They are. Um one of my favourite ones is the Enterprise D Must Situation Display Board. Because that's got um oh, the, yeah. Because yeah. it's got a mouse that's meant to it's said to be meant said to be powering the Enterprise. It's got a duck. There's um as in out for like a duck a, a, a bird. No, no, sorry. A DC three cargo aircraft. Um wasn't there a tank as well in one of them? I seem to remember, or is that just me? There's a mouse, there's a nomad. Uh I think that's everything. I think. But I've always loved that because you kind of look, try and look out for it all. Yeah, it's like it's like when you look at the Armand films or anything like that. You, you could always look out for something. I'm still yet to find the uh, fight. The, apparently, there's two fighting snails in the the um, bake um, baker's. Is it baker's dozen? No, it's um. Ah, oh, I can't think of the name of the actual actual film, but it's it's the one where the, she's try, they've got the serial killer and she's trying to kill the baker's dozen. Uh, baker's dozen. There's supposed to be two snails fighting somewhere on on a, on a wall, and it's just <laughs> I can't find it. Um, but without going to a bit more solemn, another link for Star Trek is actually within Star Trek itself with the new J.J. Abrahams films, um, where you've got the Jeff. Um, oh, well, people should have seen it by now, so sod it. Spoiler, but the the death of James Kirk, James D. Kirk, it's exactly the same, but the other way around, which I thought was quite a nice. A nice little thing where he's stuck in the um, the engine room, or oh, it's not the engine room, but he's no, stuck in the warp core. Yeah. Well, and also you could also argue to the fact that the Abraham films they refer- they do a lot of old Z original series references as well, so you could argue that to an extent as well. Which I think is beautiful for it because yeah. okay, the idea is to have those parallels because they are essentially the same characters, just so much more in the new way of things yeah but I, I think, that's I think brilliant the whole... how JJ did that so it was just yeah uh, I that's... agree with you Phil and you know it's, 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 I think you said so it was like a reverse homage wasn't it or something yeah that, hey, yeah, yeah that was it 
because you had the Klingon ships, you had uh, you had Chekhov. He looked exactly like him. Um, you got the oh, he's a, he's a fantastic. Well. He's a fant- guy who played Chekhov is a phenomenal actor. I'm trying to remember the guy's name, but he's phenomenally good. Like it's like when uh, the the cast uh, Anton, found out. Anton. Yeah, Anton. Yeah, that's it. Anton something. Yeah, uh, Yeltsin. 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 Yep, Yeltsin you, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he is phenomenally good. I'm trying to remember what else I've seen him in, but. Um, when like even the cast when they said, uh, apparently I, I've, I'm sure I read a, an interview with JJ or the producer maybe who, when they asked him to play the part, knew he could do a good Russian like a Russian accent because they were talking about do we do an in do we do like a an impression or do we do like a, a something like his own take on it and he decided to do sort of an impression. And when they asked him to do it, they were convinced he was going to say no because they were just like, why would he do it? Because it's not an essential part, really, in the sense that if you have watched the the, 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 the last two, he's not really in it very much. Like, no. it, like he, he just kind of does the whole, like we were talking about with Miles O'Brien, it's like, engage, I'm the vessel. Uh, <laughs> or he starts running around the engine rooms just yeah, randomly. Yeah. and then Oh, yeah, because he takes over the, in the second one, yeah, he takes over the engine room, doesn't he? And he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, he's he's phenomenally good actor. I, I thought you did a really good job of that. Um, I think one of my um, favourite references to Star Trek is actually, oddly enough, Transformers, the third Transformers film, um, Dark Dark of the Moon. Um, there's two yeah. references. There's two ref- Have you any of you guys seen I've, it? I've not seen them. I've not seen it's, them, but I'm intrigued. This one's Dark of the Moon. Is it the third one? Yeah, yeah, dark. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think the, that's the only film. one I haven't seen. I've um, seen there's two Something references. Um, so what was that, Phil? I said something for for Stephen to watch out for. Yeah, absolutely. Well, two of the references is um, there's a scene in the apartment on the TV is actually playing an episode of the original series. It's Amok time, actually. Um, and the other reference is actually Leonard Nimoy did one of the voiceovers. Oh yeah, um, he was. Uh, was he Optimus Prime? No, I think he was Sentinel Prime. Oh, uh, Sentinel Prime, yes. Yeah, and he actually actually quotes actually the famous spot quote, you know, the knees of the many outweigh the knees of the few. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was a that was the last little reference when I watched. It. I think first watch I was like, a Star Trek on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just thought that was quite a nice little nice little reference as well. Which cool. is, you know, try, try, you know, you would you wouldn't expect it in a film like Transformers, you know. No, no, and, and that's what I think is brilliant out about it because you these will come out of nowhere. They'll come out of little yeah. little quips or, or, yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Another thing I think quite, what's quite like is where things get misconstrued and confused. For example, "Beam me up, Scotty" was never actually said, but it just became popular. Yeah. And I think that's always a nice way of knowing that a nice homage. I think Stephen was saying earlier, you know that you've made it or you know that you've done quite well with a show where the, where things have been confused and it's then become a popular reference. I'm trying to think of another one now, which yeah. <laughs> apart from that, which is I can't think of. Yeah, you, when you said that, you made me think of there was there's a there's a oh there's a really like very well known phrase that I wish I'd remember where that's exact that's exactly what happened. They never actually said it. But people keep quoting it wrong. I, I wish I'd remember what it was now. But yeah, that that does happen more often than you think. Not a Clint Eastwood yeah. one, was it? No, it might I, be. Um, it might be. Like snake in my boot. Oh, <laughs> it was. Um, is it the? Is I think it might be the note of. I do. I, did, I, I know what you're thinking. Did I fire seven shots? Did I fire f- five shots or six or something? Yeah. I think there's a part in that. Uh, there's a part in that. Uh, like, because it's quite a long mo- monologue. Is that there's mm. people who have misquoted it and people. Have been printing it wrong or something like that. Yeah, you might, you might be right. It might be so a, killed seven thing. with one shot. Yeah, it's something like that. Because they because they, they make fun of that in Ringo, don't they? Because um, um, I know what you're thinking. 
Did I fire seven shots or six? <laughs> Which, um, yeah, with a six-year, that doesn't happen, but there we go. Ask yourself one question. Do you feel lucky? <laughs> or here's Lenny. Well, do you? <laughs> I think that's the one I was thinking of, but yeah. It might, it might, you might be right, but it, it, I, I have read something about there's a famous quote that someone did uh, where yeah, someone get like the, it's it's come it's always wrong. Like simply, yeah. it's, it's been wrong since uh, for a long time. But people know it's wrong. But as you say, they prefer the wrong phrase as opposed yeah, to the right one. Rolls so. off the tongue, and, yeah, it's, and it's because it's now popular, everyone just goes along with it. Yeah, yeah. Like beam me up, Scotty. Because a lot of people who don't like Star Trek, that's the only thing they think of is just boom. Oh, beam me up, Scotty. We, mm-hmm. we used to have a favourite one, didn't we, Phil? We used to say. Let's go round the Enterprise. Let's go round and round. Where did that come up? I can't remember where that came up from. Um, that was um, um, Star Trek: The Motion Picture. You know when the cameras pan. Oh yeah, I was in my early Star <laughs> in my early Star Trek years. I, I got forced to watch. Oh, God. That film, I, tr- I tried it and I just couldn't watch it. I was just sitting there going, how long are we going to go around this Enterprise for? I'm just like... That's, yeah, that's what that's right. <laughs> And I made reference to it when I first joined the podcast. It was just, yeah. <laughs> thank God, thank God. Uh, thank God they survived that dilemma, that terribleness of a film that, to make the franchise, continue the franchise, because, yeah, that could have ruined it easily. I absolutely hate the first film. But there you go. But what about the third one? Sorry, go a bit off topic. What, about, what do you think of the third one, Stephen? Search for Spock. Uh, it was all right. It, it was. It's. It's not. Which, which, remind me which one it is, because I. I know the. I know the. The. I, I'm better off no, when you tell me what the order. theme was. Uh, what, what so happened what, to the Oh, is it when they try and resurrect him? Yeah, and it's yeah, and the Klingon so Christopher Lloyd turns up. Oh yeah, that's okay. That's yeah. that's all right. The one I absolutely hate, which I remember, I think it might be the, is it the fourth one where they the the whole uh, that creature that's like talking to dolphins on Earth. Uh, the whales, yeah. Yeah, the whales. Sorry, oh, yeah. Like... Fucking hate that one. Well, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there's someone. I'm sure. Is it Simon? Maybe on my podcast. Some. Oh, may, uh, it may have been Simon. I think on my podcast. So somebody said that it was good. There's someone I've spoken to where they argued with me, going, "Oh, that was a really good one." I was like, it, I mean, the, plot, the plot is complete fluff, but it's yeah. a fun film. It's the comedy that makes it good. It's okay, yeah. yeah. It's not the yeah. worst film I've ever seen, but it's just it's not. It's not. Unless you prefer the fan dance in Star Trek Five. Yeah. yeah, I do. I, I, I guess I just I do not like the plot. I just don't like the once it was all like oh they were wanting to talk to whales on Earth. I was just like I'm this that's I'm so done with this. I'm so done. <laughs> like especially considering, but I think when you mentioned what I thought of Search for Spock, my answer was going to be, well, I think the problem is is when you've seen that after you've seen Wrath of Khan, it's very difficult to get a film better than that. Because I think yeah, Wrath of Khan's phenomenal. I think, um, um, I, to me personally, I, I, and Simon knows this, I think um, Star Trek 3 is really good and I think it's underrated. Mm. I mean, it was never going to stand to Wrath of Khan, as you say, after. I think that's that, where that sort of stigma comes from. It's never going to be beat Wrath of Khan because it comes straight after. But I think I think it's a really good film. Good follow-up. It was a decent and follow-up. Think, um, it wasn't terrible. But it opened the doors to several mm. more, as you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is yeah. much better. Mm. Yeah, so... I mean, obviously, I've, um, I, if you read about the history of how it became that type of film as well, as because Paramount said after Rafa Khan, it was so sort of like Star Trek heavy in that it was very intertwined in the Star Trek universe, and they wanted to make a film that was a little bit more family friendly, which is why um, 
you know, they, they once they got to them, the in the fourth one with the whales, it was like they've really went family friendly now. It's got no Star Trek in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just they've gone back to Earth. They're like, screw this star, screw the starships, and flying in space. Then it's five-year finish... mission to go to space and yes. come back to Earth and go to space and you know what? Come back to Earth. <laughs> but we but we finished with, we, with the, well, the original series films. We finished with Undiscovered Country. So it ended yeah. on a ended on Great. a line, so. Great film. But um, one of my uh, other other references that I found I actually didn't know this and I've seen this film dozens of times is um Goldeneye the 007 film. Um, the hacker Boris Grishenka has a spinning cube graphic on his screen and of the images appearing on the cube as it spins as a communicator in the Starfleet, Starfleet logo and I've, I've, oh. I've just seen a picture on, on, on the page we're using it's right, I think it's right at the bottom I've never seen that before Wow, so, that's cool. no, I've seen Goldfinger loads of times I've never, uh, where, where is it again? Goldeneye, Gold sorry Yeah, yeah I'm the same. I, I, I've I've never seen that before, so I think I'm gonna have to rewatch that. And just like, oh, there's a there's a Star Trek reference in there. Uh, but it's just that I've noticed. I've never knew that. Actually, so I just thought that was really cool. That's cool. Because I've never known um, James Bond to reference Star Trek. That just doesn't make sense to me. It's all of almost. But again, this is going back to what you're saying. It, 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 it's so brilliant when they 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 complement each other. Yeah. yeah. Well, another so. good reference is uh, Ronald D. Moore and the rebooted Battlestar Galactica. Because in the space shots, there is the original Enterprise in the fleet um, as it goes past. Oh, that's cool. I did not know that. And oh. there's also um, one of the weapons locker is called 1701D. Um, <laughs> like that. Right so I've always quite enjoyed them. It's just kind of. I'm so glad you got me into Battlestar Galactica, so. I know. <laughs> just I'll. Which one? The remake? Have you seen? Have you seen? Have you seen both? Or just the reboot? Just, just the reboot. Just the reboot mm. of it. But I absolutely loved it. So it's funny because when I interviewed uh, Edward Almas on the last uh, the MCM podcast I did, um, uh, one of the things I asked him was, you know, because the first couple of seasons, if you remember at the time it was on, it got absolutely like panned. People like really didn't like it. Um, and oh, no. I asked. I asked Edward almost about it. Yeah, it got slated. At one point during the midway of the second season, it almost got took off the air oh. because there was there was there was a there was a huge amount of backlash because it it went against the original season and obviously they had the whole issue of that they changed the characters couple of main characters to Apollo and Starbuck wasn't Starbuck to female, and that was that was a, it, people were like, "What are you doing?" That that, that it's before the time where they sort of had more you know dominant female characters on tv there was still that kind of transition and and yeah um it and i asked him about it and he said actually funnily enough one of the things that never got it, it was a very interesting answer as he turned around and said i actually said that during the week leading up to the show like doing media the media circle thing when they asked me that question i actually said to fans of the original not to watch it and right. i went, really and i went you know clarify what you mean and he went well, I actually did because I watched the original and I was a fan of the original. And when I got this job and I read the script, I knew it was completely, almost completely different. He said he would go as far as to say, apart from the references and apart from the name and obviously similar characters, he's like, this is, a, you can almost say a, a different, completely different remake and, and almost a different series. So he said, but he said no media outlet ever promoted it when I said it. Like, because I, I was like, I really didn't think uh, it was. It, I knew people were going to be upset 
for who are fans of the original. And if they loved it as much as they did, they should probably, he knew that they weren't going to like the new one, which I thought was interesting. So did he, am I getting that right? Did he try and keep it quiet or was he just up front with it? No, no, apparently, yeah, no, he said, well, according to what the answer he gave me, I didn't have much time to speak to him, but according to the answer he gave me was was that he did mention this to reporters when, you know, when they off asked him, like, you know, are you, um, um, you know, what do you think about, how, would all, how do all, like he said, you know, when you do these whole media junkets that actors do, they get the same questions over and over yeah, again. Yeah. And one of the ones that he kept getting asked, obviously, was how do you think the old, the fans of the old series going to take the new series? And apparently he said in a lot of interviews, um, I, I encourage people who are fans of the old series to either to approach this series with low expectations or if you're such a fan i recommend you don't watch it and apparently he said he said that several times but he said the problem when you're in that scenario of they're meant to like go to the interviews to promote your series in a positive light so you know he's meant to go there to go this series is awesome and we encourage everyone to watch it and he said he was sitting down interviews going if you're a fan of the old series which is the reason they would have remade it don't watch it you're not going to get people promoting that because there'll be the people who made it going what the fuck are you doing well this is being honest though which is why it was when i asked them i wasn't expecting that answer i thought it was very very interesting and it kind of shows the power of media reader because he said i said that a lot of times but they never published it kind of shows you only publish what they want you to see yeah but again it's uh, yeah. all, there's money behind it which mm-hmm. without that economic drive of things we wouldn't have this star trek or anything we should we like anyways but yeah. but i i have the attitude of you should watch both and decide i don't like decide you're yeah. picking or choosing i like them i like them for the fact they're different i think that's kind of the point really mm. yeah um, no, of course of course have you got any other um mix-ups si, that you've come up with well loads yeah cause... Um, <laughs> two pages yeah, worth at least um, well in Regeneration the Borg episode of Enterprise there is a source section for an Enterprise D that's on the um, Ant- Antarctica set oh yes because so, um, you, you mentioned that to me when I first watched the episode yeah it's quite nice for if you know yeah. that, like the shape of the, the Enterprise source section you'll go oh yeah it's that thing there so I thought I've always thought that was quite cool. Um, 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 there's uh, yeah, loads of no, no, things. I'm surprised none of you have mentioned Ice Age. Ah. And when it, they and go through the nice... um, the ice cave and there's all those frozen. Ice Age. Yeah. When in the, fir- the very first Ice Age, they go through that that frozen um, cave, and there's sort of as Sid goes down, he sees the yeah. evolution of Sid. And then, of course, you've got the, the big UFO um, that gets stuck in the ice. What, you mean the Vulcan Slow, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah, I forgot about it. I've not seen Ice Age in years, actually. Ah. Because I wouldn't remember that. But... <laughs> it was not this one, Phil. Is that one you... you yes, is that one you yeah. Down yeah it, was one of those, it was one of the ones I just thought of. It just came came to my head like a couple of weeks... No, not a couple of weeks, but a couple of days back when we were discussing <laughs> the podcast. Yes, and I just yeah. suddenly thought, Ice Age! <laughs> ah! <laughs> And we're talking no, 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 about... No, 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 Enterprise. Oh, so Jeremy, finish. No, I was just going to say with Enterprise, that reference is just that was an episode where continuity to Star Trek one time, it actually works quite nicely. But yeah, anyway. Moving <laughs> on. always worked nicely. Doesn't it always work so well? Oh, it does. <laughs> That's um, what I was laughing always... at when he went, that one time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, what was you going to say, Si? Well, in... Because we were talking about the motion picture a bit earlier, weren't we? 
Mm, yeah. And there's a bit where um, Spock goes um, goes into Vija. Yeah, no, you know what I'm on about. Yeah, yeah, well, I know, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, well, the yeah. miniature for that can be seen in the, the cafe place in the Search for Spock. Ah. You know where Kirk goes? Can I have the Enterprise back? If you look in like one of the corners, there's the miniature that's being used, and it's. Oh, there of... is, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just hit me now. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, behind me. And most up to date in in into darkness, on torpedoes in the photon torpedo things they get given, the label it says CVN sixty five. And that is the registry of the real life um, Enterprise aircraft carrier. Ah, yeah. Do you know I've actually seen that aircraft carrier? It's kind of. Oh. Uh, um, there's a quick Nokia story about that. Wessels. Yeah, is um, uh, I was in Mallorca. Uh, I have no idea why they were there, why the Enterprise was there, but um, they they were they were in the actual uh, the dock. Or something, or just on the on the like, it, it, it must have been doing something in that particular ocean, and like it, uh, the the crew were on short leave there, like they were well, like <laughs> short leave. <laughs> so a Star Trek reference. They were, they were it was their form of riser. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, but um, we I know this because the guy who um, my, were, uh, we were in a we were in like a, a bar near the dock where we were in the holiday we were in, and a bunch of them came, a bunch of uh, guys. Came into the bar and mentioned they were from the Enterprise uh, ship, so I thought it was kind of kind of cool. So my my my, my dad started talking to talking to a bunch of them, and I was like, that's kind of cool. And then so when we heard that it was there, we could see it. It was really really like you know a bit like if you go to like the Whitley Whitley Bay and see like an oil tanker on the outskirts. It's like it was very very far away, so you couldn't really see it, but. Just kind of cool. I just felt like I was about, I don't know, like a, a mile away from <laughs> from seeing whatever it was. I could see it, but it was kind of cool. I just thought it was really random as well, but there you go. Yeah, it's, it's, you don't realise how big these things are, actually, when you see them. But, oh, yeah. God, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah it's just like, it wasn't going to, like, just park on the beach, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just leave it there. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh guys. <laughs> well, none, none of you have actually mentioned anything like Family Guy or American Dad. Oh, of course, or... yeah. When they uh, when they take the mick out of the, the the Star Trek and they have an episode which is just <laughs> I, I watched that fairly recently. I've been watching a bit of Family Guy, uh, and I saw the one. Uh, I think you, are you referring to the one where um, <laughs> Stewie brings them all back? Yes. Uh, what, does he, what does he bring them back for again? Spend the day with them. Yeah, just. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that was it. Yeah, he goes to a Star <laughs> Trek convention. And they don't ask, they don't uh, answer his question because the yes. the joke is that they go up and go, I have uh, like one of the guys goes, I have uh, a skin condition. How do I get rid of that? And uh, Picard's uh, Pat Stewart's like, Well, I I recommend this thing, and he's like, Thank you very much. And he's like, These aren't Star Trek related questions at all. Like, so Stewie <laughs> like builds a builds a time machine, doesn't he, just to kind of get the or something like that to get yes, he gets yeah. them in the grab them all in. Yeah, very very funny episode. Like where. Because uh, I know Brett Spiner gets asked it. He's like, "Do you really do? Uh, do you really uh, hold Michael Dorn's hand when he goes to the toilet?" Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what he does in that bowling alley where he's like, uh, "I need to go to the toilet," and Brett's like, "Okay," and he walks with him. <laughs> and uh, I also love the fact that like um, everyone um, ki- uh, attacks Will. 
very very funny. I like, just that uh, whether whether all over in fast food and he he punches him. He's like, I want chicken nuggets. I want an an empire. You'll get nothing. Punches him and he goes, you'll get nothing and like it. Just treat him oh, like honestly, any Star Trek fans who have not seen it, I highly recommend watching that episode. Yeah. It's hilarious. Um, well, I might. Yeah. Um, have I you might... seen the other one with uh, with Worf in the car? He's just sitting, hanging out in the car. I'm trying to remember the name of the episode. It's um, hmm. uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I'm there's sure another. There's another. Uh, there's another cut. You know when they do the whole joke and it's a cutaway. They do the whole thing about. Um, the joke about Troy being a telepathic and they all having sexual thoughts. Uh, <laughs> yes. Hilarious, hilarious. Where Picard's like, and she's like, oh, I don't know, if we want to. I, I don't know whether we, I can say he's, the whole thing, but he's it's very in the chair, isn't he? And he's yeah, and he's going like, to... and she's like, you want to do what to me? <laughs> he's like, oh, uh, um, nothing. Um, what's happening? Uh, what's going on? And she's like, uh, what, what, what do you want to do? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of true because uh, that long-running joke about Star Trek of you're an empath. How do you not? How do you not? You know, say I can feel, feel things. And you're like, surely you must. How terrible must be going around that ship and just feeling all these like, you know, surely you must feel sort of like sexual desire from people and all this kind of thing. Or, um, which is which is why it kind of falls apart that whole idea. Really, she, I was like, I don't know how she she must have a very good uh, temperament. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or enjoy it, but yeah, we move on. Yeah, yeah, one of the two. Yeah. yeah. Very very um, funny. Another great reference actually is from one of your favorite episodes, Si. It's um the Promelian Battle Cruiser from the Next Generation episode Booby Trap. It originally appeared in the horror movie Night of the Creeps, apparently, 1986. Oh, the actual shit. Yeah, apparently, come to. Ah. Um, the website. That's a good episode. Uh, yeah, I remember yeah. that shit. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, uh, Did not know that. Yeah, I was just yeah. so, on the, the one that Simon recommended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to even attempt to pronounce the name again. <laughs> and did any of you know there is an a, a restricted area on Deep Space Nine called A51? A51. Area. Area 51. Ooh. Well, there's always going to be. There's always going to be. Is it? Yeah. What, 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 where, whereabouts is that? Roughly on the stage then. Ah. Oh. Well, what, what episode is that from then? Or Behind the just, lines. That's like... Uh, that, uh, oh, that's like season six, five, six. Yeah. Isn't it? Or so. What did you say? Yeah, I okay. never heard what you said. Where is it in the station? It just says restricted area. It doesn't say where, but... <laughs> so it's a ship. It's a thing you never saw. They just claim that it's a place. There's a part of it there. Mm. Well, I think it's oh, when cool. um, Rom's trying to sabotage the um, deflector, whatever it is. Mm. I think so. I, oh, it's yeah, just behind the behind, quite yeah, funny. Behind, just... yeah. yeah, I know the one you mean. Season 6, episode 4, I think that is. And there uh, Jamie goes again. Yeah, I know, it's sad that I know this. Who needs Wikipedia? <laughs> no, <it's>, uh, <laughs> Simon, what if I said the word Malfazar to you? Are you getting my next link? Galaxy Quest? Yes. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah. Well done. I was thinking. I, I've heard of that. I was like, yes. Like, oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. I haven't, but yeah, I'll just go along with it. <laughs> and then, and then to even further push it, what was the name of the green mass from Futurama? I wouldn't know that. I'm not a fan of Futurama. It's the uh, Star Trek episode where they, where they cross over with Futurama and they get all of the because um, the Star Trek 
does cross over Futurama quite a bit because because um, Leonard Nimoy's head. Oh is, yeah, yeah, they have in a yeah. Oh god, yeah. I do. Uh, even I know that, and I'm not seeing. Yeah. There's an episode where they where the it's not Malthazar, it's something else. Site. It's um. Balthazar, I think. It is. Balthazar, thank you, Balthazar, who's this green magical mass, and he they're they're all uh, Star Trek is this this thing you don't talk about in the future. It, it's not allowed. It's this 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 really. <laughs> What was a bad thing, and you're not allowed to say him, it. Like Lord Voldemort. That's yeah. it. Yeah, and he, 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 he puts all their brain, he puts their, all their bodies back on their um on the heads, and then they have to recreate the fight scenes. And ah, <laughs> 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 oh, is it, it, for those for the fans that haven't seen it, they must see those four that we talked about from Family yeah, Guy to. Recommend. I've seen. I'll, I'll I'll find the Futurama one. I've never. I, I've seen it. Like Futurama is one of them ones where I'd see like the odd episode, but I never really got into it. Like uh, so. I, um, where no I'll fan think... has gone before. There you are. I found the episode name. That's the name. Yeah. Where no yeah. fan has gone before. Uh, I'd highly recommend it. Simon introduced me to it. It was just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I say I'm a proper trekkie. I introduced them to everything that they wanted to know and what they didn't want to see. So they saw Futurama. <laughs> But they also heard Leonard Nimoy's Bobo song. Oh, Simon. Now I've got it in my head. Bilbo, Bilbo. If you ever send you a link that says Bilbo Baggins and Leonard Nimoy, don't click on it. Don't click on it. It's, okay. as, it's as bad as a blue waffle, but we'll move on from there. It's only two people got there, but there we go. Moving on. Well, I've um, got to make you a proper trick, haven't I? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you're not. You're not a proper trick until you've seen that Phil. <laughs> I, think I have seen it, unfortunately, and I don't want to. <laughs> don't forget, Simon sat, sat me down to it as well. I got it first, you know. So For, forced me to watch a couple of seconds of it, and I turned it off. I couldn't. <laughs> I thought I watched the whole thing with stuff. I just it was bizarre, but I found it hilarious. So. <laughs> Want to watch it again, Phil? No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, Phil, when you come round on 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 Saturday, that I'll have my laptop ready, and that'll be on. Uh, I'll Look, have that on I'm going to have YouTube. enough punishment on Saturday. Thank you very <laughs> much. You'll have it on constant loop. No, <laughs> no, just don't have it playing in the background when I'm doing my forfeit, please. That would just destroy him. Oh, thanks, Phil. That's brilliant. All right, all right we'll arrange that. So, yeah. You've mentioned this quite a bit in the last few podcasts, but basically, I lost the annual quiz. Um, I lost it by what five points? Um, no, I think it's about seven. Oh, seven. Seven oh, points. Yeah. But compared to Jamie, I lost it by three points, two points. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, two points. Um, Simon won our cup that we got, and I well, I didn't win anything, but I didn't. I didn't cut, cut a long story short, I'm doing a forfeit this coming Saturday. Uh, I think the way this is being aired out is probably the Saturday after next, or the one after, depending on when it is. I don't know. Um, the Saturday so week, no, Saturday of the week before. Saturday of the week before. Thank you. Something like that. Something like that. Uh, I am having something <laughs> very so horrible. Poor Phil. Something, something very horrible done to me. So um, and it's all being. You're being sprayed by water. Stop making it sound like we're going to make you walk through. You, you do realise that it's something. like it's like <laughs> five degrees out there at the moment. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, so it, I, I you did. You did build that up as if like you're going. And we're going to meet. We've got to force Phil to kill a man. Like that's that's, yeah. that's really what that made that sound like. And then he's yeah. like, oh, just when you just go, just oh, he's putting water on. I'm like, okay, that's well, not a bad. Phil, one, but... I, I don't win if, the cup, but I'll get to take part in the forfeit. So. If you yeah. were to do it, Phil, you would do something as mean as this to me. No, I'd, I'd fill it full of rotten tomatoes and eggs, and then spray it. Yeah. And no problem, Phil. Next time I'll be doing your quiz questions, so I can get my revenge on you. you should, what you should do, uh, if you really want to be like, you know, and I'm not a fan of practical jokes, I'm not gonna, 
I'm not going to like, I don't condone this in any, uh, to, uh, to anyone, but like, you know. Warning, please do not read, read at home. Yeah, yeah. The, the views of Stephen are not uh, the views of the, uh, the engaged podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, is that, no, um, the, like, you could like, you know, when you say you put water on them, I don't know, like put like uh, spice, put like uh, hot spices in it or something. So like he starts fitting it. <laughs> I, thought I thought we'd start off reasonably nice. So that mm. if I, if, like, say I lose next year, which I probably won't. You will. I'm not going to. The, <laughs> the, it won't top. be as horrible as if I had it super horrible this year for him. No, I still like the idea of uh, getting like six cans of tomatoes, leaving them out in somewhere hot in the summer, mixing it full of eggs, let, let it get a little bit congealed, oh. whip it back up, add a bit more water, put it in a water gun and just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know, like I, I'm really not a fan. As I just said, I'm really not a fan of like practical jokes. And, 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 so and why are you suggesting things? No, I know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, this is what I'm, this is what I'm leading to, Simon. Is that like I, I, I really don't like I, like what it's what you know it, to show how worried I am about practical jokes. Um, I'm working on a web like uh, we're working on a web series, Geek Apocalypse, with a bunch of people, and uh, I had a production meeting. Was a week and a half ago, something like that. And uh, I sat there and said to like the producer, uh, the director, and a bunch of other people who were working on it, I was like, "Right, I know I'm like project leader and all that kind of thing, and and when I'm going to be acting in it, I'm you know you're usually going to be in control of like it being filmed and whatnot." And the first thing I said before we got into logistics was, "But first things first, uh, no practical jokes. I'm not. There's no practical jokes. If any practical jokes get done, I'm just you, you're you're not involved in this anymore. We're done. That's it." But then I went, however, if, if they're tastefully done and they're not like, because I, I don't like harmful ones. I don't like harmful ones. Like, I, I kind of like ones that if, if, the, if there's one, if it's a well-planned one that, where like, it's just kind of like something happens and you go, oh, you absolute prick. Something like, oh, that's, that was fun. And the reason I want to bring up is a really quick thing about the best prank I ever saw in any like media thing. I'm a huge fan of Howard Stern. I've been watching... I've been watching like a lot of Howard Stern stuff on, on YouTube. And there's one I found of a prank, which I think is the best prank I've ever seen where I'm, I swear to God, I, I laugh for about 15 minutes after I, I like, I'm not joking. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, is Howard for the, to give a little back, quick backstory to get the, the reason why it was funny. Howard Stern moved to Sirius satellite radio in 2005 and signed a five year deal. So in 2010, Everyone, once his contract ran out, they were like thinking, what is he going to do? Is he going to renew his contract with Sirius? Is he going to go to like Netflix? Because this is when Netflix started to get big and or Amazon or, or he could have, apparently there was a deal on the table for him to go to Apple and like do an iTunes radio show type thing. Um, so everyone was like w wondering what he was going to do, right? And he has a guy on his staff called Sal who is an absolute idiot. He, like, they did an IQ test and he got like 90, which is close to being, you know, mentally retarded. Like, I swear to God, this is true. Like, that's not me being like controversial. No, 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 yeah, that's yeah, yeah. on the scale. He was like, he was, he was like, like just above being, that he, yeah, kind of like he needed help, you know. And, and so he's not the smartest student in the box, which is why you'll, you'll get it after this. So he ends up going on a night out with another member of staff and gets really, really drunk. And so he turns up to work 10 minutes late, and on 6 o'clock in the morning, where Howard starts his show, he announces he's signing on for another five years. But because they're all like, they've, they've known each other for such a long time, they do pranks of this nature. So 
Gary Dalabate, the producer, goes to Howard. Sal's just walked in. He has no idea that you've announced it. He thinks you're announcing it like in an hour. And Howard goes, "Great, is he here yet?" And he went, "No, he's he's he can't hear you. He's in his office, so he can't like he's got not got the radio on." So they go, "Right, I'm gonna announce the show and say we're not gonna do it. Let's see what Sal, how Sal reacts." <laughs> it is the funniest <laughs> thing I have ever seen in my life, and I recommend like type in Sal cries because they did a whole running joke of because he says during it. So he gets every staff member in, and they're all in on it, barring him. Ah. He's the only one that doesn't know. And they're inside this room, and he's like, oh, I can't believe I've got to say this. And he, and Sal goes, oh, no, what, what, what? And he goes, what? And he went, what, what are you running? What's the matter, Sal? And he's like, oh, because it's not easy to say. You're not going to stay, are you? And he starts freaking out for 20 minutes. He starts crying. He's like, I've got small kids. What am I going to do? And, all, and, everyone, <laughs> and everyone's like, and like uh, Robin, who's uh, uh, his sidekick's like, oh, Sal, I feel so bad for you. And George Sakai, Star Trek reference, George Sakai, who's his announcer, is like, Oh, Sal, I feel so bad for you. And they're all like really rubbing it in, and there's pe- and you can see there's people behind Sal crying with laughter, because oh. I think it's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> and then, um, and then Howard, and then he goes, and he honestly, and the, there's one line he says, which they ended up using as a soundbite in the radio show, where he goes, <laughs> where he goes, where he goes. I'm sorry to the audience, and Howard's like, why sorry to the audience? He's like, I'm the one that's leaving. He's like, well, because I'm crying like a bitch, because I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like, he's just like, <laughs> and then Howard goes, Sal. What happened today? You know, what do you mean what happened? He went, you were late, weren't you? Yeah, and he goes, what, what, what happens when you're late? You get goofed on. I'm saying another five years, you idiot. <laughs> and, he's just like, and he's like, oh my God. Like, and he, he honestly fell for it completely and he just starts screaming at them going, you absolute pricks. Best prank. It like literally is about a 30 minute prank and it's the funniest prank I've ever seen and it just was a spur of the moment one. So there's an example of something where it would be terrible to go through, but then afterwards I'd be like, that's a very funny prank. So that's a kind of example of one where it's funny, but apart from that. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to say that. That's the best prank I've ever seen. So there are examples of pranks that are fun, but that sounds fun anyway. It's good that you're doing the whole forfeit. Thanks. <laughs> I think I'll stick with the water. Yeah, yeah. stick with the water, that yeah. yeah. mentally harsh. <laughs> it was very funny, though. But yeah, once you see it, it sounds, like I, it sounds very harsh, but once you see it and you see how very well it's done and how well he takes it after he finds out, he's like, oh, that was actually really funny. Um, he actually laughs a lot. He's like, oh, Howard, that was actually a very, very good prank. I didn't not. He had no idea. Yeah, and it's perfect um, because obviously they did it in 10 minutes and it's just one of those spur of the moment beautiful bits that's done on air rather than it being... And apparently he wow. said, like, everyone was like, how did he How did he get convinced it happened? And he said afterwards, he was like, the guy he works with in the office, Richard, got told, like, literally about a minute before Sal walked in that they were going to do this. And he, Sal went up to Richard and went, so has he announced anything yet? I'm late. I can't, I can't believe I'm late. And he went, and Richard went, oh, he said he's going to deal with it later. And he sounded like he was very sad <laughs> so, Rich, so the fact that Richard said that convinced him that yeah because he had the back the backing of what's yeah like his mate who he works with every day who he's like in the same office with went oh he sounded really like and he said that's what made him worried that he was going to say no like that one comment because he said like I think he, he said if Richard hadn't said that he didn't think it would have worked yeah yeah anyway, very very funny prank but anyway <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll make sure Phil that the water's freezing cold for you oh yeah that's fair enough that's fine I think he's doing Ice Bucket Challenge. <laughs> All done one of those. Done All done one of those. Do you do them? Yeah, I never yeah. did it. Is it as bad as it looked? Uh, nah. Well, with some, well, I was in my mind because with some people, they end up getting the bucket stuck on their head and stuff. 
like random ones I've seen on YouTube, they get like, the buckets st- st- stuck on their head and things like that. So, well, yeah, the, the, there was a builder, wasn't there, that had the whole um, contents of a uh, the, the pickup truck uh, oh. dropped on him, oh, I almost I like a wave. Uh, yeah. just, just <laughs> and then you see the people just going, Neh. and it's just crap. There's some people who cheated, like uh, Brian Alvarez, who I'm a huge fan of, who did Wrestling Observer. He did a YouTube clip of his Ice Bucket Challenge where he jumped into a swimming pool. And I was like, that's not, that's not the same thing. <laughs> it's just yeah, not yeah. the same thing. Like, the whole idea is they're meant to be freezing for the vice. That's the whole point. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Unless he, like, jumped into an iceberg or something, then that would be... <laughs> no, yeah. no, that would be all right. <laughs> I mean, people pay good money to go to Iceland and just jump in the cold water there, didn't they, for the sauna? Mm. But Yeah, yeah that, that's apparently, like, awesome. Like, I saw that Eddie Izzard documentary where he did a bunch of... Com- like a bunch of gigs in Iceland and he went to that place he talked about the thing where it's like it goes hot and cold because it's near a mountain yeah it's near like a volcano thing in it and it's like it's a natural spring it's apparently it's apparently amazingly nice like it's it, what's so freaky about it you go to the natural spring and it's dead warm and nice but as you say it's in Iceland so you like get out of it and you suddenly like <laughs> freeze in your yeah. ass because it's Iceland <laughs> so yeah very interesting it's like the Eddie Izzard joke about uh, weatherman in Iceland. A weatherman goes onto the TV and he shrugs his shoulders because he has no idea. Apparently, <laughs> the weather changes so much. He literally goes on and goes, I've got no idea. Right, that's the weather now. <laughs> just have a white sheet and just go, um, yeah, yeah. this. Or they just have, like, a, I don't know, just turn the cameras to the the only window in this. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's a funny thing. That's what they should do, yeah, just have a blank screen. Or just, they should cut it to just an open window and go, look out your window. That's the, that's, that's the best chance. Welcome uh, to the Engaged Podcast, full of Eddie's our jokes and the weather. And well, now over to our... <laughs> well, actually, um, one of the things in terms of references that I remember was uh, I'm a huge Red Dwarf fan. I've had several, lucky enough to meet several Red Dwarf cast members um, and they've been on the, my podcast in particular. Uh, I actually I met, met Danny and completed the circle. He was the only one I hadn't met, and I met him at MCM. And in relation to Star Trek related stuff, they actually in Thanks for the Memory, which is season one, uh, uh, um, it's Holly, the computer, says uh, a head, a head warp groove factor five, which is a, a, obviously oh, okay. a, a pun on the warp factor. Yes, and yeah. And um, there's 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 several Star Trek related references. I'm pretty sure. I'm tr- I was trying to remember in preparation for this podcast what 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 uh, episode this is, but I do remember because I'm a encyclopedia for Red Dwarf. I've seen them like a two hundred times. And there's an episode where they mention about it that uh, Glister says this isn't Star Trek because it's some sort of tra- they 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 find some sort of transporter and then they're like, what is this Star Trek? Yeah. Uh, oh, that's it. Lister says in uh, uh, they 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 talk about what to do when the oh god I'm I'm like I'm now like Jamie now I'm like really wanting to wanting to get this right for encyclopedia like my Wikipedia knowledge. What's it called? Having just built yourself up, going yeah, I've got this polymorph, polymorph, polymorph. That's this. It'll come to us eventually. Polymorph. Um, the episode polymorph in season five, I think it is, where a polymorph creature. Like a, the creature called Polymorph goes onto Red Dwarf and takes rid of their emotions and turns them into different people. So Lister loses his fear, so he becomes this over-the-top, angry, like no-nonsense guy. He's just like, "Let's go and clobber everything," and it's it's hilarious. Rima becomes this like sort of tool who wants to be peaceful. Um, uh, Cat just becomes co- uncool. 
and Crichton uh, has no like um, like remorse, so he yeah, just I wants to... to remember this episode. And okay. there's a there's an episode where they're trying to work out. I think it's I think it's that one where um, where Lister because he's an angry person, they're trying to figure out what to do, and Lister has a line goes. Oh, uh, line that says, uh, "Oh, enough of this Star Trek crap. It's too early in the morning." <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was very funny. But I'm pretty sure there's an episode as well where they talk about they find a transporter, and uh, you know, I think they make a Scotty reference or something. So, uh, which the reason I brought wanted to bring that up is because we touched on um, uh, Big Bang Theory, where I don't know if you remember the episode. It got no reaction. I was very annoyed. Is Sheldon during the blackout in an episode of Big Bang Theory holds up a, a, a DVD of Red Dwarf, um, and says to and says to um, and says to uh, God, what is it? Is this when he's going in his emergency cupboard? Yes, that's it. Yeah, there's a blackout, and he goes, "Oh well, what we could do is get some candles out and watch the very popular British series Red Dwarf," and show and, and shows a, a, a DVD of, of of Back to Earth, I think, and. And uh, it got no reaction. Like, there's no like, woo. It's like, it's just everyone went. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, um, because yeah, probably because I'm surprised the Americans don't recognise that. Um, um well, I haven't spoken to Danny. Uh, the, there is an actual, there is a Red Dwarf convention in America. It is, it, it does have a following. It just obviously isn't as big as other, as other stuff. But um, uh, well, I mean, you know, it, 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 I don't know. Or I don't know if it was. I think it was. PBS in America. I've I've heard Doug say this that it got put on PBS in America and did quite well at the time. But it just might be one of them things where it's kind of fallen out of favor because we all know about it because it's kind of in our culture. But um, and it was this was I think this was just before it came back. So that might be why they did a reference, thinking, "Oh, it's come back. We can do a reference." Yeah. And Amer- it never got time for Americans to be reminded of what it was because it yeah. hadn't come out yet. So I think that's what the problem was. But yeah, Red Dwarf mentions it, and obviously, it's kind of you could make the argument of it's influenced by it to some degree. Um. So yeah, that's kind of my Star Trek reference that I remember from a series. Um. It's interesting you should um, talk about when you met with the cast because I, I actually found Robert Llewellyn and Norman um love love it love, love it. it. Thank yeah, you, Holly. Uh, probably to the one of the well, the two best people I've ever met for an autograph. They are just very funny. Very funny you say that. That's exactly what I said. Uh, out of the uh, the two people I've seen, who are the nicest people I've met, who are celebrity related, is Robert Llewellyn and uh, Nolan North. Uh, I met Nolan North at MCM London just the last few weeks ago. Nicest, most awesome guy who gave me more time than I. Well, not deserved, but more time than other people. Um, yeah. the, the quick, the quick story. I've, I mentioned this on a, on a stream the other day. Um, basically, the quick story behind that was we got given media passes, and all the sort of mainstream guests all had like a, a, an itinerary, like a, an organised amount of time with people. So we wanted to get Nolan North, obviously, you know, Nathan Drake, a bunch of other stuff. He's in Destiny and Call of Duty and was yep. David in Last of Us. You know, there's, he's the, I, I jokingly said to him, you're the Jack Nicholson uh, of, uh, um, Jack Nicholson of video games and that you've been in like the best video games. Uh, and he's just a really great voice like that. And at one point I wasn't convinced I was going to get to talk to him, which would have bummed me out because I was like really wanting to meet him because I'm a huge mm. fan of his. And we got, um, we got given access on Sunday where we actually got a representative from MCM who took us around and said, right, who do you want to talk to? And we were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we, we mentioned, a, well, no, uh, we said, 
we didn't want to like because there was like a list of about ten people that had like the the Doctor Who uh, that we Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Danny John Dewes, where I'd already interviewed him, so I was like I don't need to speak to him. So we just narrowed it down to people I really wanted to talk to. So I uh, put Edward I'm James Olmos, R.J. Mitty, and Nolan North, and I was just like if and if you ask me out of everyone who would I want Nolan North by an absolute mile. Uh, even though I'm a huge Battlestar Galactica fan and I quite like Breaking Bad, RJ Mitty was Walter White Jr. for those that don't know. Um, uh, and he was phenomenally nice. I've been joking to my friends that the most attractive guy I've ever met. <laughs> I've like had like a man crush on him. <laughs> like, that? Uh, RJ Mitty from Breaking Bad. You know that Walter White Jr. is the guy who's got cerebral palsy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, I, I, I know he's a model. Like he, he was a model before he was an actor and... You know, I've seen Breaking Bad, and 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 I was like, oh, he's, you know, he's, he, I'm, I'm a, I'm more than willing to say people are, you know, guys are good looking and whatnot. But honestly, he's so good looking. Like, I actually went in and it was just like, I was like taken back by how good looking he was. <laughs> I was just like, he was, he's, re- and he was really nice as well. Like, he was, he was really, really nice, nice to it. But um, but yeah, basically the Nolan North story was so they went okay. Um, he'll be here in ten minutes. So you can imagine my reaction. I start like freaking the shit out. I'm like, <gasps> and, I was like and um, so we spoke to him for about seven eight minutes, and then he went, and then he got asked to. He's like, he's he's like person he was with went. Oh, we're not got time for him. So he um he needs to like go and do other things. And he went. He turns to his uh, like PR lady and goes. Well, what else have you got me to do today? And he went, oh, well, there's this person who you want to interview you all day who said they'll finally, they've finally made time for you. And he got a little annoyed at that, which I'm not surprised. That sounds a bit dickish. Yeah. And he went, well, actually, the reason I stopped you is because you're scheduled to have your your, t- your dinner now. Like, it was like one o'clock. So he's like, oh, so you're scheduled to have half an hour to have you di- have like something to eat. And he <laughs> he went, uh, which is, li- that's literally what it's like. Uh, you know, I, I yeah, do have, no, some, I, I do I, have, I didn't think about it, but actually thinking about it, yeah. That would I do sense. have sympathy, I do have absolute sympathy for people. I mean, I, ha- I have sympathy up to a point because the amount of money they make doing them things, I don't have that much sympathy. Yeah. But, but their schedules are ridiculous. So whenever they kind of say, like Robert Llewellyn said he didn't have time to talk to me because he was there for half a day, I didn't have any, appar- I, I, I knew he wasn't lying to me. Like, yeah. I, I knew he wasn't lying because like, I knew what the schedules were like, and I just said, if you got five, ten minutes, I would love to talk to you. He went, I'd love to do that, because he'd been on before, and he was just like, no. He was like, I just honestly don't have time. He was doing something with the one show, uh, the BBC show, so he couldn't... I was like, fair enough. So, anyway, yeah, so the Nolan North turns to his PR and goes, and he goes, well, I really like these guys, so I'd like to give them more time. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. It's so, brilliant. So it's uh, almost like you, you're someone you love, just almost loves you. It's, yeah, yeah. Well, he was like, because he said to me after we talked to him, and he, I spoke to him about five minutes after the interview ended, and I took a photo with him, and he just went, that was really great. Like, you know, I was like, thank you for asking me questions that aren't the bleeding obvious. Because I'll, I'll tell you a quick, like, so basically he turned to the PR lady and went, well, I want to give these guys more time. And she went, well, if that's what you want to do, that obviously you can that's your call yeah so he said oh if you guys mind if i go and eat something for 10 15 minutes and i'll come back in 15 minutes and i'll give you another 10 minutes yeah and we were like and i was like no i'm good i'm good thanks that's fine <laughs> it's like of course i'm gonna say yes to that so so yeah he, he was so fucking nice he was he was ridiculously nice like i, I swear to you like he was so he was so he was humble as well. He's like, I was like, so how does it feel like being like? And he's just like, oh, it's just a lucky break, you know. I got the opportunity to work on Uncharted, which mainly was the one that got me famous, really, to that degree. And yeah, and um, 
Uh, and I, he was so so nice. And yeah, Robert Llewellyn, I've I've interviewed like two t- two times, I think. And he's just phenomenally nice. That um, I wish I could show you it, but it's on my phone. Uh, to show how nice he is, I'm going to give him huge credit here, and I'll reveal this on the podcast because no on, on your podcast because no one knows this. He actually sent me a private video message, oh. uh, which is phenomenally nice. Basically, what the deal was, right? I got there on the Friday and I started feeling really sick, you know, like Concrud type sick. Yeah. I just started feeling awful. I'd been there since the Thursday, so I'd been there like two days. And I started feeling terrible. So I turned to my friend Wayne, who was working for me. I was like, Wayne, I'm, I, I, we were supposed to go out around about in London. And I just went, no, this, I'm not going to do this. And I, I can't do this, Wayne. I'm just feeling really tired. So I went to sleep. I slept from about nine o'clock that night till about two in the afternoon the next day oh Christ. i was so sick like wow. i just felt so so tired like so i felt really bad because i obviously sent him to the convention like on his own but i was like i can't i can't go there because i just i would do a terrible job and i was like mm. really needing to like i'd rather like try and get well enough to do a good job than do it just go there and do a rubbish job and then make myself worse because that, pro- that might have led to me not being able to do sunday yeah so so anyway, I get there, and Wayne went, oh, I've got a present for you. He gave me a Starbucks t-shirt, uh, which which uh, signed by Donny John Deals and Robert Llewellyn. And I was like, "Brilliant, amazing. And he went, oh, and it, it gets better. And I went, what? And I went, I spoke to Robert, because I, I, on the itinerary for us was to ask Robert if he was free, because he's only there the Saturday. So Wayne went to speak to him and he said, oh, yeah, I remember him because I'd been at Dimension Jump and I spoke to him not that long ago. So he went, oh, yeah, I remember Stephen. He's like, yeah, cool. I'll, I, I can't really talk to him. But like, um, and then Wayne mentioned like, oh, he, oh it's a shame because he's not, he's like, but is he here? And I went, oh, well, only, unfortunately, he's not very well. So Wayne told him. So what he went and done is he said, well, how about we give him a message? So Wayne recorded on his phone a re- message of Robert Llewellyn as Crichton's doing a whole bit about oh, me getting well brilliant it's the funnest thing i haven't released it anywhere because it's kind of like my my private like yeah I can like brilliant yeah. thing yeah. Um, it was so lush though it was the great it was the nicest thing anyone's done and i'm like this is robert llewellyn a guy i grew up going why has he got a funny face i would say to my dad <laughs> um he was the fo- he, he's, he's the nicest guy honestly so i'm glad you said that because you're so right yeah. Uh, so I'd say him and Nolan North. But I haven't said that. I mean, no disrespect to all the Red Dwarf cast, because I've met Norman Lovett as well, and he's he gave us like half an hour. He was phenomenally nice. And it's not based on what time they gave me. I'm just saying, you know, how they are to people. I always think how, especially, you know, when you when you do media like we do, and you go up to them and ask them to give time, give that time. Usually, you can find, you can see what type of people they are by how they respond to that. Yeah. Um, and he's always like so like upfront. I mean, I had no problems if he turned around and said, like he said, MCM, I don't have time. I'm like, I, I get that. Yeah. And yeah, that you happens. Know he's being honest with you. He, yeah, he, I'd rather that than yeah. some people bullshit you and go, oh, I'm sure we can fit some time, and then you never hear from them the whole day. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, that's just not necessary because you know we could be hanging our hats on you know because it could be a, a scenario where we're waiting for the rest of the convention we could leave at three and we're there till six o'clock hoping that we'll get a response and they've got no intention of giving no, us one gone. You know, um, you're leaving that door open when you know it's permanently shut yeah you know? exactly so yeah but robert's been up front the whole time so he's phenomenal honestly yeah i mean it's the greatest message on my phone and like <laughs> it 
you have no idea how much that cheered me up because I honestly wanted to jump off the nearest bridge. I was so like when I got there, it was like I'm not even gonna like shake your hand, but I honestly like I, I know that this is inappropriate, but I want to give you a big hug. <laughs> like, it's the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. And he went, oh, and I'm really glad it helped because um, you, your friend Wayne said you were really not feeling well. And I was like, yeah, and I just told him that I was just feeling rough. So he was, he was so nice. And he to, went to the and like you know he he signed us a t-shirt for free you know he's like doing autographs and he gave us a free thing that was just so <laughs> that that gives you an example like Robert's just the nicest guy in the world he really is yeah he was um at the um EM con he you know they have this the helper next to them that's sort of doing mm. the bits and everything else he's usually had... their PR or manager usually some of the time oh well, it could actually, be just someone from the someone con who, someone who was on the con yes yeah and no word of a lie the guy who was doing the con with him was an exact replica. It was almost <laughs> as if they'd, 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 they'd done it on purpose. And so I went, I looked, I looked at Robert and I went, Robert or Robert? So which one of you? <laughs> as a you really didn't know, yeah. Yeah, and it, obviously I knew which one it was, but because you could tell, but it was just, it was perfect. And that, that, so that started the whole conversation off. But Norm and I um, had a longer conversation with, and it got to the point where there was there was no one behind me in the queue. And I didn't mm. realise this. And we just got talking and talking. And I don't know how long we were there for. It could have been five minutes, could have been 10 minutes, could have been 20 minutes. And we're just talking. And mm. it just went, we were just talking almost like, just talking to someone like a friend or family, like, yeah, he was yeah. like that with us. He was really honest as well because I got to the whole question of like, how do you feel about the new series and not being a part of it, and this whole thing of him falling out with Doug, and and um, he was really, he was really um, transparent about it. He mm. just was like, we are talking again, but because I don't know if you know, but when Back to Earth came back, he was originally going to be part of it, and the reason they fell out, everyone thinks they fell out of the series, which they did do. Yeah. But um, yeah, they actually fell out again in Back to Earth because if you've seen the Back to Earth special, which is terrible, I, I'll freely admit I don't like it. Is well, it's not terrible. It's just it's stupid. The idea of it being like a parody of Blade Runner is just stupid. Um, and the 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 science officer played by Sophie Winkleman, the the hologram, was meant to be Holly. The original script was Holly was going to send them back to Earth. Like Holly had found a way to to, yeah. to get them back. Um, and so he was going to be in it for a little bit, but um, Doug wasn't 100% sure I could afford to have him in. Um, so he kept saying, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. And uh, apparently Norman rang him up and said, um, uh, well, you've been, he felt he'd been being screwed around, which Doug said it was just because his script was late. It wasn't him being, he was like, he kept redrafting it and redrafting yeah. it because Dave didn't give him a great deal of time to do it. And so um, Norman took that as a dig and just went, well, don't consider me for a red dwarf ever again. I'm not, I'm no longer available and hung the phone up on him. Yeah. Uh, which is, so that's, that, that, that's the, that's the apparent story. But Norman said like, you know, I just at the time was not happy with the way they were treating me because he felt like he was part of the crew, um, which is fair enough. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I actually, for some reason, I don't know how I got on with the conversation. I think it's because it's, is it Holly? No. Who we played? Yeah, it was Holly. Yeah, uh, no, the the other. Um, oh, uh, Hattie Heard. Hattie, that's it. Yeah, um, I got chatting to him about her and and how did he feel being changed over and stuff like that. And it, yeah, the conversation sorry, did go a little bit sour, but yeah. he was very humble and honest with it. He said, "I can't tell you all of it because, of course, it, it, it's that, that's private." But we did chat about that, and it briefly went on to that conversation. I'll always remember it because I, I only really. For Norman, I always liked his character, but I met, I met him because of my father-in-law. My father-in-law absolutely loved him, and I mm. got him as my autograph. His autograph. Very good, very good. Uh, one of the things I always say, which is underappreciated, he's a very good stand-up comedian. Mm. 
Uh, I've seen him. I, I, I actually uh, shared a comedy bill with him a long time ago. Uh, I was at university doing stand-up, and uh, I was like second billing, and he was the headliner. Oh, this, was at, uh, this was at... Uh, oh, I can't remember the, even the name of it now. They're not around anymore. It was like Grinning Idiot Comedy Club, uh, which is in Bike Up Ridge. It's not there anymore. But um, yeah, he was. He came from London to do a, a headline set, and I was on the bill with him, which was kind of kind of cool. So I got to actually watch him do like a thirty-minute set, and he was really good. Um, he's a really good stand-up comedian. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I feel like I was sorry. I was just tangent, like taking over the podcast. Yeah, no, no, no. But no, it, we always right. do this. this That's is just part normal. of who we are, Stephen. It's tangent city. So yeah, this is see. literally what my podcast is like, except I don't yeah. get to talk as much. Which is nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, but yeah, but anyway, yeah. So the, the Red Dwarf mentions a lot of Star Trek related stuff. So yeah, and back to the Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> we did get there. Star Trek. <laughs> oh god, this That's... referencing thing is very fun though. I because I, some of them I don't know. Well, um, what I was going to go use when you started talking about voice actors, I was going to bring up James Hong, um, who does the duck in um, Kung Fu Panda. Um, the, no, the, the, the goose. Sorry, the goose. Uh, Poe's father. Mm-hmm. He does the voice for the, and he also does the voice for Mu, in Mulan. He's done the voice in Blade Runner. He's he's a very very good voice actor, and he uh, he does he does a vo- he does the voice acting for Covetous Shen um, in Diablo Three. And I just I just find him such a brilliant voice actor. I'm I'm not actually linking anything with Star Trek here. I just I just I just wanted to give him a little plug because I think he's brilliant. Diablo yeah, Three's good. Yeah, Diablo Three is I was just gonna say, yeah, nice, nice, nice uh, video of reference. I do have Diablo Three. It's a great game. But the cover, cover to Shen is is James Hong. He's the jewel crafter. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know it. I know the jewel crafter. Yeah. Yeah, but he's. Uh, I, I love his voice. It's just so. It's just brilliant. Absolutely. Brilliant. I'm doing that currently. I'm 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 obsessing over Dragon Age Inquisition. That's like my game at the minute and uh, I, I do play that game of who's that voice actor like you try and guess who it is because there's there's certain voice acting that I think I recognize and I'm kind of trying to like play the whole game with myself of can I figure out who it is before I Wikipedia who yeah, does the yeah, voice of this you do IMDb, uh, yeah yeah because th- there's a couple of them in particular where I'm like that guy sounds so familiar like at one point I thought one of them was Sean Bean like it sounds he sounds Sean Bean like and I'm thinking could be Sean Bean I don't know but I was thinking hmm the way Sean Bean's career sign has spiked with Game of Thrones and stuff, he probably would have asked for a, sh- a really <laughs> big amount of money. Now you just uh, got another character that would have been killed off. Yes, yeah, probably. Well, it, it, uh, with the way Dragon Age is, it's probably highly likely he could. So. <laughs> Here's something else. Is, um, you talk about voice acting and trying to decide who's who. Um, I recently watched Chicken Run again. It's a film, it's a film I absolutely love from my childhood, and I will always watch it. But did you know that the voice of Bunty was also the voice of that horrible um, witch from uh, Harry Potter? The one who's got the pink and got all the... Um, all oh, the Milda Sorton. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. It was the, it's um, her. Um, she um, does the voice of Bunty. Bunbridge. Uh, tum- yeah. Umbridge. Umbridge. Yeah, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Phil, when you watched it, you also put a thing up on Facebook about the reference to Star Trek. Do you remember it? Uh, no, but the, the, yeah, that was the reason I brought, I brought up Chicken One. Why was that, Simon? <laughs> I'm trying to help you, Phil. Uh, no, I can't remember. I can't remember. Yes, when, no. Um, when they're in the plane, uh, Mac. No, you've got to tell me it's gone. 
got to tell I'm me. I'm giving it all that. Oh, she's got. Yes, captain. I'm giving it all. It's got captain. Giving it all. She's got captain. <laughs> she just doesn't have the power. Now, is that something that wasn't actually said? But like you were going back to what we were saying earlier. Yeah, they beat me up, Scotty. Yeah. I'm. Sh- that's got to be, isn't it? <laughs> it was said in Abrams verse. It was saying in all Abrams verse, yes, but was it actually said in the real Star Trek? Don't think so. There you go. See, it all works out. Chicken, <laughs> said, chicken run, so. Star Trek, Covetous sure, Shen, Diablo, they all link somehow. Well, maybe our listeners can answer that and say, was that actually said in the original series? Yes. Maybe they can answer that because I'm not sure. I don't think Jamie's entirely sure. Nah, I'm not entirely sure. It, if Jamie's they... stumped, then everyone must be. <laughs> <laughs> can that be any more sarcastic? <laughs> forfeit, Phil. Forfeit. Yeah, moving on. I wish. I, I wish. I honestly wish. You know how like people say about like you know what superpower or what skill would you like would wish to have. Like, because I, I regard myself as a fairly intelligent person. Like, I, I actually, was with, with one of my, well, I say that being humbly, is because, like, actually, one of the things that, you know, when you have mental health issues, which I do, I have bipolar disorder, is that um, I actually have been, like, tested a, a lot of the times for that to, to help me, obviously, deal with it. And when I was in hospital, like, they, they saw I had a very, you know, a very intellectual brain. But the one thing that lets me, that, that, that gets, that makes that, not noticeable is um is the fact that i can't retain information very well so that's one of the things i wish i had i wish i had jamie's ability to kind of thingy information because as you'll see whenever i'm talking about something it's not that i don't remember it or, or it's that it takes a lot of the time for my brain to remind me of what i'm thinking yeah. of like you, you'll say that thing of that thing who does that yeah that's and how you it's... that's how you remember yeah, but it's like I know I, in my brain I'm like I'm watching the whole scene and I'm hearing all the lines, but it's like I can't I can't sort of you know. I think I that's something to do. Yeah. That's probably to do with the dyslexia as well because I, I do that a lot. I do that a hell of a lot because I, I I would explain. Do you do things like uh, mix things up? Like for example, the boys here will always go on about. What did I used to say? Diana Tor- Torres. No. Oh yeah. Blana uh, Troy. Blana Troy. Yeah, Blana Troy. <laughs> is it one of them things though? Do you not? Do you not do it? Like that's interesting. Do you notice you, when you do it? Because that's no, that's some, no, yeah, I, yeah. I don't either. Yeah. Because I I was I used to say Blana Troy for, a, a, and I still don't actually know what the what the real thing is. What is it, Jamie? Blana Torres. That's it. Blana Torres. Torres. I always say Blana yeah, Troy. Right. I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> um, it's uh, that's I'm glad. Yeah. You, well, that's something we share because like it, it the the most embarrassing thing that that happens in a social setting is when someone says the name of someone and you forget it and you end up t- call, calling them the name that they're not yes, like I yes. do that all the time Like so especially if you're part of a board game club where there's new people coming every so often and there was what there was, the, there, there was a friend of mine who actually did that where he, he thought that um, he, he thought that the guy's name was like Clive or something and his name's Norman, he's a really good friend of mine and so we just would we would take the what we did for about a month to reinforce that he thought he had the right name as we started calling him that name as well. <laughs> so he kept going, hey, Clive, it's your go. And he'd be like, no, be like, who the fuck's he talking? And he's like, uh, Clive. <laughs> and, uh, and he'd be like, oh, I don't think it was Clive, but it's something similar. But um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I do that a lot where I'll, I'll sit there and go, and it's terrible in it's terrible in it Phil because you just want to go you want to go you want to you want to get it right and you yeah, you, and you, 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 feel you know you, you you know you you're getting it right in your head it's just what annoys you is the 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 process 
of you getting it out by speaking. It just comes out wrong. And do, it, you, um, do you also get a point where you forget inanimate objects? Like you forget, you see scissors in your head and you go, I can't think of the name. It's gone. It's gone. Or you got knife, and you you just it just goes out. Sometimes. I mean, the the one the 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 example that I gave of when I first found when I first noticed I had a problem was, um, I I got teased from it at school uh, when I was younger. Um, I used to, I couldn't I couldn't say rugby, and I knew I was saying it wrong, like and it was coming out wrong. But I I kept saying it the wrong way. And I couldn't, I couldn't change it. Which everyone's like, how can you not say that word? Like kids being kids were like, because mm. I would call, I would say rubby. I couldn't say the G, so I kept going rubby. Oh, you mean rubby? And everyone was like, what the hell are you talking about, um, rubby? It's something to do with your kinetic memory because yeah. I, I do it when I'm at work. So for example, I had a um, something that I, I, I can't really say too much because I'm, what I do is because I'm, yeah. Anyway, what. What I was talking about is I, I got something mixed up. So, for example, say Shenfield or Old Shenfield. So it's, that's, this, isn't the, this isn't actually it, but it's just an example. So it's in my head as Old Shenfield, but it's actually Shenfield. And I will always say Old Shenfield because it's in my head. It, once it's in the memory, that's it. You, you can't forget it or you, that's it. Yeah, it's sort of like word association or like word replacement. That's yes. like yeah. word, re- word replacement is usually what I do. So I'll like substitute a word accidentally and have to teach you you have to teach your brain to 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 change the word into what you're actually wanting to say which is kind of quite difficult obviously because it's it's unnatural for someone who has dyslexia so mm. it's a bit of a pain it's like that joke as well that eddie does about dyslexia where it's like they they call it dyslexia and it's a word that's very difficult to spell <laughs> that no dyslexic can spell yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> dyslexia, his joke is dyslexia with three v's <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's funny how you say with names because I, I often try and struggle when there's two different people and I'm just hearing their voice mm-hmm. and I will get the name confused and I have to associate something with them for example when we interviewed uh, Will and David from FCD mm-hmm. events I, I those two I, I'm still in my head I, I actually I'm not going to say the reason how I can distinguish the difference because I think it's rude but there's something I can remember that I know well, I'm going to say, I know one of them's bald, one of them's got hair. So yeah, I was going to say, that's what I was going to say. I don't think that's, I think that's rude. I think that's natural. Yeah, that's what I was th- when you said I don't want to say it, my first thought is, is it because Will's bald? bald yeah. Well, I, I, I think of WB, so Will, Will is bald. So I, I remember which one's Will. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Oh. No, 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 I'm glad that it's, it's, always, it's always nice to hear people who have similar symptoms because, yeah, that's something... That's something I uh, do all the time, which is why, like I say, whenever I'm doing like a radio script or writing any written material, I get people to proofread um, just in case. Because they'll, they'll, they'll occasionally they'll read a sentence and go, Stephen, what are you trying to say there? Because it doesn't make sense. And I have to get them to read out the sentence. All, and you, then... need is, um, all you need is si- and you need is Simon. <laughs> yes. If I, if I write anything, Simon will make it exactly to the point of what I want to say because he's known me for so long I'll, I'll just write something i'll type something and then i'll give it to simon he's the only one who can decipher it who i mean is. some of the times yeah sometimes some people sometimes somebody can uh can figure out what it is you're trying to say but sometimes it can be completely random like you can say i don't know like i went to the orange and then you're like what, what what and then you'd read it and go what are you trying to say there and then it would be like me trying to process what it is i was actually trying to say and sometimes i'm not even aware that i've put that word in yeah like, um, it's just because it also as well um it's something that my brain has as well 
in regards to my bipolar disorder in that I have a very overactive brain. It's part of the, uh, and so I'll, I, what, what I often do, and it's one of the reasons why my writing is so terrible, is I write fast because my brain's going faster. Yes, yes. Or than my time fast because, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's why I often, so I'll get onto another sentence and I've read, and sometimes I'll need yeah, to be aware that I haven't finished, yeah. I haven't finished the, the previous sentence. Um, um, so yeah, that, that's something that one um, the, um, I've had to slow down with. One of the things that I learned to do to battle that was actually learn to touch type. Mm-hmm. Because I, I will write something or t- I will think of something so quickly, and I can't. Uh, my writing is terrible. It's really slow. I, I went to a, 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 a um, what was it? It's not Edwardian school. It's I. It's a was it Victorian school? Victorian. It was a Victorian school where you had to do all the loop, loops and everything else. All my handwriting is very old and uh, it takes yeah. forever to type to yeah, write. So for me, typing it's just easy because I can type super fast it's just it's ridiculous how the speed i can go it's because i learned to touch type i can't i can't remember all of it now but oh yeah that brings back a memory fell i think it was when i was last round yours and you were i think it was when we were writing an email to simon yeah during that podcast evening and you had talk, i think i remarked to you oh my god how can you type so fast because <laughs> i'm typing but my brain's already two sentences ahead of what i'm typing yeah so. I always get I always get um te- like teased in a in a nice way because I've I've done it for a long period of time but um I get uh, um teased about the fact that I only type with one finger because that's the only way I can kind of type oh, really? as fast as I want to yeah it's kind of a weird yeah I don't know why I've done it that way but um yeah I just type with one finger and I can do it insanely fast and and um but it's because I type every day it's like part of my job so mm. um. Yeah, so anyone ever sees that and go, oh, how the hell do you type that way? And it's like, it's the only way I find that I can coordinate my brain and hand to work at a speed that I'm that I'm, that I'm happy with. with yeah. Actually, you're uh, probably pretty good at texting then. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, I can text like no nobody's business. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it just, it's the way people work. It's like, you spe- speaking of schools, it's like one of the things that schools, the school system did to me, which I hate them for, is they told me to pick a hand because, and the, uh, in terms of handwriting, because I was actually ambidextrous. Yeah. And one of the things they get you to do, which is terrible, because you think ambidextrous is a very rare skill. Mm. And um, what I used to do was write a bit of a show off, I'll admit. So that's probably why they went, oh, you got to pick a hand because you can't show off to the other kids. You make them feel bad. But I, what I was actually showcasing my ambidextrous nature I had was I would write on the left page with my left hand and the right page with my right hand. Um, <laughs> so I would be like doing this, like some sort of like, I'm doing some sort of like uh, Egyptian hieroglyphs or something. Yeah, it was, yeah. uh, and uh, it like sculpting or something, I don't know. But it was like, it looked impressive and my handwriting was really nice. But I would finish like 10 minutes before any other kid because I was doing it because I could coordinate, basically do hand coordination because mm. that's essentially what ambidextrous is. It's having very good hand coordination the same for each hand yeah so um yeah they made me pick a hand and stupid me picked my left hand which is <laughs> it's just that you say that because um I, I, I write with my, my right hand but with certain things i am ambidextrous so for example with darts i can play with my left and right hand but i prefer playing with well, my there, left hand. um well you might if you can trace it back that it you know um, if you ever got the opportunity, I know, like, it's one of the things that, you know, advantage of me being a therapist is uh, seeing a therapist for what I have, like, for my private stuff is that this was something. Well, I figured this uh, this was dealt with at school anyway. I figured out that I was ambidextrous. But the point I'm making is if you trace back 
growing up and maybe establish some memories of of you using your hands, you'll probably find that you'll have amb- ambidextrous in early life because that is a good sign that you at one point were ambidextrous. Um, because yeah, that's what I'm like. I I pick and choose what hand I do. Mm. Um, so that's a good sign of it. Because yeah, I write with my left hand. I play tennis with my right hand. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, just about to say I'm very similar. I'll, I'll write with my left hand. I will do most sports with my right hand. It, it, it's weird. So my hand coordination, hand to eye coordination with a ball is right to left. I used to play a bit of rugby, and I can just sit there with a rugby ball, do that, or any sort of ball, just do that, not even look at it, and I'll just catch the ball either side of my hand yeah. without even thinking. It's just something natural. But yeah. Cool. Yeah, where did we start with this? I, I have think no we, idea. This section of this podcast we can cut off and just make, <laughs> send it out as the as the engaged podcast does dyslexia and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a self help podcast. There we go. Check out. Check we'll out. Have to, we'll have to do one well later on. Dyslexia. Sorry. No, go on, go on. Ooh, Simon got a blog about dyslexia, has he? Yes, Simon has. Just want to give that a bit of promotion. Yeah. Dyslexia so. and dys dis, 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 um, If you if you uh, let me know what that blog is, uh, Simon, I can mention it on my radio show. Because um, we do deal with dyslexia, so if you want some promotion for that, if you let me know what it is, I can mention. Even, even more people to have a look at his site. Yeah. <laughs> if you want that, right if you want now, that. Sorry. No, Sai will want that. Sai will want that. Yeah. He's a very keen blogger. I mean, how much is it now, Sai? Seventy-five thousand. Overall, that's overall. Google Plus. Google Plus seventy five thousand, which which Simon didn't know. Overall, <laughs> just, just to get Simon to put his name into Google, it comes up. It's like, oh, <laughs> my, go- say my Google Plus page, apparently. Yeah, I just think it's crazy, but hey, never mind. Mm. <laughs> anyway, um, have we got any more tangent cities other than the topic that we're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Probably could find some there, so. <laughs> But I, I'm, I've exhausted all the links I come up with. Uh, yeah, I think we've done quite a few bit. good ones. I think we've done a good yeah. splattering of it. If they want to find more, there's on that website that I can never call. Jamie, you're up. You call it whatever you call okay, it. Okay, uh, X asterisk signed here. There goes. That one. We'll, we'll yeah. put links on the uh, on the episode. I think it might. And be you can easier. also find it on our website as well, on the mem- members of the our members of the federation page, I believe. As well. And on the blog, I think. And on the blog, yes, on the blog as well. So, yeah. <laughs> good, good. And for those who want to learn a little bit more about Geek Apocalypse, where can they find you? No idea. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> Is, no, it no. Yeah. Is it me? Is it me? No, sure. Um, we're on iTunes, uh, geekapocalypse.com. Uh, we're on our other, you know, the other like um, Podbean and all the other stuff as well that, that you can access to us too. I'd say iTunes, obviously the go- the best place to go. I'd say, and obviously Geekapocalypse. If you don't if you don't have iTunes, you can listen to it on the website. Uh, like it just streams on Geekapocalypse. So if you want to check that out, we just did one with John Kovalek, which is really cool. The guy who does all the Munchkin cards, which uh, we were talking about board games earlier. Uh, he's the Munchkin drawer, and he also does a comic book online comic book series, Dork Tower, which is really really cool. Um, so yeah, we talked to him about that. We did MCM the. Uh, uh, podcast episode before which had Danny John Jules, Nolan North, RJ Mitty, um uh who else? Um Kit Cox, uh who's a fantasy novel writer, Mark Stay, who did a book Robot Overload, which is a really cool book. Uh, it was also a film with Julian Anderson and Ben Kinsley. Um yeah, 
tons and tons of people. Uh, it was a really great podcast. That's probably the best we've done. I'd go as far as to say. Um, so yeah, basically the idea is I have a I have a guest every every week. Um, we've done ninety six episodes as of this recording, um, which is kind of amazing. Milestone now, anyway. We're getting there. Yeah, I'm think yeah. I, I'm wanting to do I'm wanting to do like a, a special with uh, inviting. Uh, I'll probably get you guys to do something. It's basically the plan I've had, and I'm hoping to to be able to do this. Is I'm going to cover a, a song and get people who've been on the show to clap along to it. Um, so it's going to have like a clap track, and the idea is that everyone who's been on, every time that you hear a clap, it'll cut to someone who's been on the show. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of my my idea. So that's idea. That, that that's 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 kind of what I'm working on. But yeah, so yeah, it is creeping up to the hundred episode. Um, what song we, are you going to choose? Happy day. <laughs> Not happy day. No, um, I'm thinking about Phil by Baggins. Phil. No. Um, there's t- there was two I was <laughs> working on to cover because I play guitar. I play a bunch of instruments. It's like kind of my my main like hobby. Um, outside of all the stuff I do, is I play. I, I like playing music. And I was say, do you have time to do anything? <laughs> no, not really. Um, not really. Uh, it, it is well, my guitar's broken at the minute, which is half the reason I haven't been working on it. Which is, uh, and it's just annoying because I don't live any. I don't. It's like um, the neck. The like um, the the tuners for the strings are bust, so I need to get them replaced. Like a couple of them. Like I dropped my guitar and a couple of them fell off and they need to be replaced. Have you got so, acoustic or electric? Uh, I've got oh, I've got like eight guitars. Oh. Like <laughs> I've got mainly. I obviously play mainly on an acoustic because you don't have to like plug that in. But I've got two. I've got a Gibson SG. Uh, I have a Fender uh, electric guitar. Um, I've got a I don't know what um, oh, something Wood is the name of my um, acoustic guitar, like the manufacturer name. It's a really great guitar. It was worth like two hundred pound. I got it for thirty pound off a friend at work when I was working for YMCA. Basically said, oh, I've got this guitar. It's left-handed. I don't use it, and it's like two. I bought it for two hundred pound. I'm just selling it for thirty. And I was like, great, because for about years on end and this gets you with guitar is i played on a 10 pound startup guitar for about eight years which had the worst strings ever i constantly got, your fingers got ready yeah but it put it but it gets you to have the calluses on your fingers that you need to play guitar and also i picked i played pick guitar like i didn't use a plectrum so that makes you like better at uh, doing you know chord chord like chord um chord progression and various mm. other things and, and and it's good for instrument like um solos because you can do the you know you can do the key changes quite quickly yeah. and, and all that kind of thing so but yeah anyway so i was thinking there was a couple of, of songs i was thinking um chris rowe who's been on the podcast he's the lead singer of a band called the ataris he um i was going to do one a cover for their song one of their songs but it's a difficult it's it's difficult to kind of do what i want to do with the song and then i was just we're messing about on YouTube, and I, I thought, oh, I'm gonna, I might do this because it's just something no one would expect. I was gonna do Shine by Take That, oh. just because the only reason the reason I say that is because obviously Take That's a boy band, but I actually liked when they came back because some of their music's actually quite good. Um, like when they came back the original time, and I really like Shine as a song because I think the actual words in it pretty much kind of kind of transcend how i kind of feel about what i've done so far with apocalypse it's like you know it's like uh you know the whole thing of you know you, you let it shine and you know it's basically yeah. this idea of just you know take risk and 
you know, and because the verses of like, you know, feeling so hard on yourself because it was like, you know, I did, you know, the 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 prequel to Geek Apocalypse was we did a community radio show in the YMCA where like for about a year we were making no money and we were doing it for free and we didn't even have a job and it was it was really hard work, you know, yeah. and 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 you know, it's still it's still hard work to get it to be a viable a viable thing, but. The point is, I've been doing this for a long, like a, a decent amount of time. So it's like you know, and you do have days. It's something that I always talk about is that you do have days where you kind of go, "Is this the right thing to do?" Yeah. Um, because it is hard, you know. Because it, it, you know, when you talk to friends who have a job where they're getting, you know, I don't know, let's say twenty thousand a year, and they've got a secure, they're secure, and they don't have to worry about paying bills, and they can go go out and do what they want, and it, it that does have its, that does have its it's feeling of like, I get why they do it. But then, you know, when you get to talk to Nolan North for 20 minutes and you get to, to do all these things and it, it, it you do feel it's worth it. Out, it. Doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, but it, it is the, the behind the scenes stuff that no one gets to see, like the stuff you're seeing on the video of, you know, you, I, I you know, set up green screen every day for the Twitch channel. And um, I've got like a lighting rig set up behind it. You can't see. And it's just like that, you know, that costs money and it costs time and it's a thing you do every day and it's a routine and and as we were talking about with Simon earlier it's like you've got to book a guest every week which is difficult and um it does have its you know teething problems but um you do get reminded every now and again of how awesome it is and like and also the people I've met for it you know I like meet you know casting on your podcast and and um and the people I play games with or like people I met through the Twitch channel that I never would have done if I hadn't done it and you've always got to remind yourself, you know, you would never get the opportunity to meet these people if I hadn't decided to have done the podcast. Yeah. That's something no one ever thinks about. They think, oh, you know, because there's some people that you get, you get feedback of certain people who go, I'm jealous of, I'm really jealous of you doing that. And they almost talk to you like you don't deserve the opportunity. And then you kind of have to say, you know, you kind of really want to sit them down and go, well, how about you do this thing of where yeah. every day for six months you spend your time working on something where you're not getting any money for it, you're just doing it because you have this unbearing desire to, to make it happen. That's the that's the thing that you can't teach because if you you, you know it's the thing if you really want to do it, you have to make it happen. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, I'm really excited to do the hundred episode. I'm. I'm uh, so it's just it's going to be a real pain to organize, but um, and I'm probably going to do. It, I, I'm debating whether to do it live on the Twitch channel or just do it all pre-recorded so that I can actually like spend my time making it look good. Because obviously, doing it live means it can lead to a hundred amount of problems. Yeah, um, yeah, I would suggest that. <laughs> especially, especially if I'm thinking about doing this thing of because I had this idea of doing like guest spots with certain guests. So I might just like send out a, 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 an email to people saying if you want to be on the hundredth episode, just let me know. Um, and this idea of doing like a ten-minute like rotation of people just going talking about being on the podcast and and you know saying what they want of any nice thing they want to say of that kind of thing. Uh, the problem with doing that is that obviously leads to people like, is everyone going to have a good connection and yeah. <laughs> all that kind of thing. Yeah. Where, yeah. Well, no, where it's, it's, yeah, that sounds like a beautiful idea, in fairness. So, yeah, I think for us, well, we I thought you know, the, talk for the boys, we would love to get involved, definitely. Sure, to, totally, yeah. yeah. I, I will, I will keep. Obviously, yeah, you, uh, you will be involved in the an email I'll send to people, basically. So, um, even if it's just like, even if you can't be on the the live one, obviously, just do a video thing would be good for the montage. Um, but, but yeah, um, yeah, it's it's like I I I, I talk, talk, to be honest, I, I 
I am um, I toy with it to some degree because I'm thinking, do what should I do something major for the hundredth episode? And I'm thinking, and then I was just like, but well, it's like it's it's like over two years of my life. It's like of course I should. Mm. It's like a, it's a it is a milestone. It's like I've had ninety seven. You know, well obviously some people have been on twice, but like I've had, you know, like like say for argument's sake, like ninety different guests. Uh, that's probably about over easily over a hundred hours worth of content. Um, uh, it is worth recognizing what I've done, you know, and the people I've had on, like the Red Dwarf cast and you know, John Kavalek, or like all these people I'm fans of. It's like people who ever are on the show. I'm like the the pat on the back is that I've invited you to be on because yeah. it means I actually admire your work, um, or I, I, or, I, or I want to help people be aware of what work it is you do and so like even the the less famous people like because i don't really judge it on the famous people either it's like you know i got to, to the battle boards guys like um andrew andrew Harmon, who did a game called frankenstein's bodies that i help promote to get to publish because his kickstarter was struggling and then he got he got the money in the last day the last day to make the game and now he's like doing board gaming full time and I, I feel honored that I helped them do that because that, that that makes me feel really good because I'm actually doing something worthwhile you know I'm actually having a, a positive impact um, and all the stuff I talk about with mental health and all the mental health stuff we've done like I talked about my own struggles and my mom came on to talk about Parkinson's there's a bunch of episodes I'm really proud of I'm proud of all of them but like you know the ones that, they're, the they're, ones they're that actually the ones that actually you know, it's very rare that I end a podcast and go, that was the best podcast out. Like, I, I, could, I couldn't have went any better. There's only yeah. a few times I've ever felt that. But but in general, just the, 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 the response I get are very nice. And, and you know, I, I don't do it. Like, I only... I think if you have the attitude of you, you want to do it just because it's something you want to do, then you're going to... That, that's a good positive attitude to have. If you're doing it with the idea of that you're going to take over the world, that's that's uh, that's not going to help. No, no. Um, you know, it's like the best advice I ever got given when I first started was when I talk... Especially if you talk to board game companies, like uh, Andrew Hackad said to me once, uh, who's the Munchkin Zoy, he does all the... He helps make all the Munchkin games. He was like, if you go into the board game industry wanting to be rich, you're in the wrong industry. Yeah. And he's like, that's... So you what if if you want but if you want to be in the board game industry to make games and earn a living making board games that is achievable, and that's how I want to look at it as you know obviously you know everyone would want to be a Howard Stern or whatever it is but I just want to be someone that gets paid to do this and uh, and and that it's it's the most enjoyment that I have in my life is to do is to interview people it's something I've I've always loved I've done it for a long time I think I know that I'm good at it. Yeah, because it's like a natural ability, you know, as well as my, as well as all the training I've done through various other things. It's like I know I can do it, and it's like it, it, it gives me great joy. It's like it's weird because with my bipolar disorder, I'll have a podcast where I really will not want to do it. Like I'll, I'll, I'll get there and be like, oh crap, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I feel terrible. And then as soon as the podcast starts and I start interviewing them, I get immense joy. And they're the best ones you'll ever do. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, because you don't have the expectation of like, you don't have the, yeah, exactly. You don't have the fear of oh, it's going to be crap or whatever. Because you just do it because you want to get through it. But yeah, as you say, yeah, you're right. You usually find they're the good ones because you just relax and. and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just sort of surprised how me and you sort of emulate a lot of each other for so many <laughs> levels. It's a bit scary, actually. This is but, why I always feel be like that. Well, that's, that to me sums up why it's very important to, to tell people what it feels like because. I get a lot of things. I either get that I'm, re- I either get two things. I either get that I'm really sure of myself, or that I'm too open, 
Like they're the usual two things that people say about me. And I always go, I'm open for that very reason that you just said is that it's very useful for people to hear what it's really like, because Mm. very often I'm open because if people think I have an assurance about myself, it's usually um, the, the, the motivation factor is fear. Like I have uh, the, the like fear is a very good tool to get you to do what you want to do because the fear of not wanting to do it is a very powerful motivational tool. Yeah. Um. And so what I mean by the reason I say that is because I very often do stuff and I'm terrified of the consequences, but that fear is what drives you to do it in the first place. It's like I loved what Howard Stern said about that, where he's like, I have a, I've been in media for forty odd years, and every time I wake up and I know that I'm doing a radio show, I I, I don't want to do it which is the actual motivating factor to do it because it, it means I have to prove something every day, which I, I get, I get him with that. And now some people might go, does that mean he's saying that he doesn't really enjoy doing it at all? I get what he means. It's not no, that it's at the all. Opposite of that. Yeah. It's the opposite. It's that it means too much to him. And that's the point. It's like when it's, it's so, it's so important to him that he doesn't mm. want to do it bad. Yeah, which makes exactly. him do it better. Which is why when people get very annoyed with me, when I go, Oh, um, you know, when I go like, uh, I don't know, I suppose you could probably, if you talk to people who are doing the web series right now, I'm very attention to detail, but it's because I want everything to be as good as it could possibly be. We've had this issue with the radio show. We do we do this radio show in Newcastle once a month called Mentally Sound. You can find it on iTunes if anyone's interested. And it's a mental health show, which I'm very proud of because we talk about it openly uh, uh, with a bunch of doctors, researchers. It's a very well well-planned show. But we've had loads of teething problems, like technological errors, guests turning up at the wrong time and various other things. And um, behind the scenes, I'm the one that's like going, this needs to be better. And as people go, why? It's not detrimental to the show. And I'm like, it is. As the person who hosts it, I know that it's detrimental. I know that it has an impact because and then kind of things have consequences in the society around you. Like, you know, if you have the approach of being very unprofessional, that's going to be your symbol of what people think you are like. Mm. Um, it's going to be, why... oh, not that Stephen again, he messes yeah, up. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You don't want to be someone that goes, oh, they're people who always have technical errors. They're someone who always gets it wrong. They're someone who are always unorganized. They don't understand the idea of, which I do, having worked with companies before where marketing's the key. And, and obviously running a company now, it's like uh, the Geek Apocalypse name is the thing that I care most about. It's like, I don't want people to like, you know, look at like the radio show that we do and go, oh, that's that show that never works properly. Because that's yeah. that's what will end up happening if you don't treat that seriously. So I'm proud of doing the right thing, that's all. I'm proud yeah, of doing the right, the right thing and the it. best it, thing. Yeah. It, should always, it should always come forward. It should always mm. come forward. You should always have the attitude of, I guess the thing to sum up with what I'm saying is you always have to have the attitude of the show is the most important thing or whatever it is that you're doing is the most important thing. That needs to be the best it can be. All the other external stuff outside of it behind the scenes are quite irrelevant. And I think that's the that's my sort of puritanical way of looking at things that I think some people can take the wrong way. Um, they can get a little bit upset over it. And I'm like, no, it's like, it's just, I want to do the best show it can be. Like, it, And once we reach that, I can be happy, but, you know, that's what you should aim for. Everyone should have the same goal in that regard, whatever you're working on. You want it to be the best it can be at whatever time it can be. Um, so that's how I look at it as. So yeah, the, the 100th episode is going to be a kind of like, it's something I'm learning over time. My friends tell me this all the time that I'm I'm terrible at giving myself praise. Like, I, I, I'm terrible at it, but it's something I'm working on. Like, you know, so whenever I talk about my podcast and people go, oh, he's bragging. It's like, it's not actually me bragging. It's me kind of, 
making sure I, I remind myself of what I've achieved during the time I've done it because yeah. I don't do it often enough. Like my friends always encourage me to kind of go, you know, tell us what happened at MCM London. Like, and I, I tell them, I'm like, you should be very proud of that, you know? And I, I don't, cause it's because when you work as hard as I do, you never have the opportunity to sit down and kind of, the fruits of your labor like you don't get you, the opportunity you to actually want, uh, yeah but you always want that bigger better thing nothing's mm. nothing's good enough because it could always be better mm. it's yeah it's like i'll probably do the 100th episode and go right what i'm gonna do for the 200th episode <laughs> 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 just the way i work it's the way i work but but yeah so um yeah i have a twitch channel with video games on uh we um we put the video versions of our podcast on our on our youtube channel which I'm a little bit, ba- quite a lot, a lot away behind in. I actually don't think Simon's one's on yet, so I need to um, <laughs> catch up with that. Um, we've had, an, I've had an issue with uh, Windows, so um, I need to. Um, Windows 10 kind of screwed up my laptop. Yep, so. yep, screwed um, up my machine. I've got a brand yeah, new machine because of it I now. Know. I'm not going to go into that. That's another 10 minute <laughs> rant. Yep. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it screwed up my hard drive. So I've had my hard drive replaced recently. So I'm trying to like transfer everything on. It's taken forever uh, with the fact that like every video I do is like about three gigabytes size. <laughs> just taking a bit of time. I've just uh, bought a new terabyte from Amazon, from Samsung. Yeah. Nice I just cheap. got my. I, mine got, I just upgraded mine to a terabyte as well, which is nice. Yeah. So yeah, I, we have a Twitch channel, which I'm trying to get a schedule back again because I've had a lot to do behind the scenes. Let's say there's a web series in development, which ah, I should probably mention that because I haven't mentioned that any other anywhere else. I have a web series called Looking Forward to Failure. It's based on a BBC uh, script I wrote. Uh, I have worked for BBC in the past, and one of the things I try to do is become a BBC producer when I left university. And one of the things they get you to do as a process to do the job is they get you to write a pilot, like a, a 30 minute pilot. So I wrote a pilot called uh, Looking Forward to Failure, which is about a bunch of geeks living in Newcastle and kind of the culture clash that happens. Very similar to the way I grew up, because I'm obviously a big giant geek. I have a Star Trek Voyager tattoo. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm a, I love Star I, I, I grew up watching Stargate, Star Trek, Quantum Leap. Um, all sorts of shows, Battlestar Galactica, you know, you name it, I've I've seen it, uh, especially in the nineties, Babylon Five, uh, and 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 yeah, one of the things that would happen, which I found was interesting, is my dad would introduce me to the shows. When any time I would geek out about the shows, he would tell us to shut up. <laughs> it made no fucking no no sense at all. So there's all these stories of me growing up, which I've kind of paraphrased in the series, which is like all the things that make no sense, which are kind of hilarious because it's the culture clash of someone who's a geek who likes technology who 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 likes who likes video games board games that that side of culture and that kind of person versus a person like my dad who's a working class guy who grew up in the mines and and stuff in the, and it's this the, the what happens when you the, the clash of the sit the sit in the situation the sitcom is the the clash between my family and my character and how our characters uh, deal with living sounds in really that good. kind of world um it's hilarious i mean some of the stories i could tell you that happened in my real life like i'll give you a quick example like i paraphrase a story of how my dad uh didn't take a promotion at work because he felt his boss was ribbing him like i i I swear that's true that sounds like i made it up but i honest to god that's true that my dad got offered a job promotion and they like made a big deal and like or like gathered a meeting and said all right david congratulations you're being promoted and my dad apparently uh, he actually told me this himself 
was that he went, oh, I didn't take it. I'm like, why? And he went, well, I, oh, I, I could tell they were joking. They were just ribbing us. So he got the opportunity to be promoted and got like more money working for the job he was doing. And he turned it down because he was convinced his boss didn't like him. <laughs> I was like, and I'm like, what? That sounds like only fools and horses. Yeah, it's like it sounds like it's it sounds like complete rubbish. Like I'm making it up, but I swear to God that's true. Because my dad had the same job for thirty years and he never got promoted, and I always wondered why that was. It's because he, of you, the time he got the chance, yeah. to, he never took. Because any time he did, any time he did, he thought his boss was taking the, <laughs> was taking was taking the piss. Like, and then and he just he had that story and he go, who does that? Who at any point would hear your your your, your boss go? Congratulations, you've done a great job for the company. Like, no, I don't believe you. <laughs> it's like you know, you, you're fighting against it. It's like, and that's a, that's exactly what my dad did. Like, so that's in the show. Like, it's in episode two. It's like the, that that whole thing of like, I I, I mentioned that story and my my character's dad. It is basically my dad that that, that I tell the story of that's what that character does when it's actually my dad in real life. That's what he did. Um. I'm really proud of it. It's like been my project for ages. Uh, a couple of years ago, we attempted to do a pilot that didn't go very well. Uh, we had issues with people working on it and various other things that I'll not go into. But um, uh, so I really wanted to get it made. And then uh, with the opportunity of, you know, the, the, everyone, everyone listening to the podcast knows about this. But when I was in, um, I was in hospital, I nearly died last year. Uh this was due to being given medication for my bipolar disorder that was actually hurting me, which the doctors didn't realize. I ended up going, ended up going into hospital. Um, they kept giving me this medication thinking it was helping and it was my fault. Like I wasn't just cooperating, even though I was the whole time. And I, at one point I was screaming at them going, it's not me. Like I don't feel right. And it was actually exasperating my bipolar disorder. So I was having like manic episodes like 10 times a day, which is just, terrifying um and my body was essentially shutting down so basically to cut long story short i was in hospital for a couple of months in a psychiatric ward i then got released i then sued the nhs which makes sense um i won i got given compensation money to be able to afford my own place for the first time in my life so i moved into a flat which i have now and the reason i'm bringing this up for the web series is it now gives me the opportunity to have my own place where we can film without any restrictions because uh, obviously i i rent the place so i have the perfect opportunity to do it now because i have a, a student type flat that we can all use and we can film and uh i've got my friend wayne who i've worked on bbc shows who's been on geek apocalypse before he's been on and off on it um so you do something similar to sort of him and her when it's just it's, it's in that one one place uh for the pilot the the, the plan for the pilot yeah but uh, there's there's some out shots like uh there's the from uh, in uh, off the top of my head like there's a scene where we're in a where we're in a football match and there's a there's going to be a pub in it very similar to like league of gentlemen or something or, yeah. or the nags head and all the fools and horses uh that kind of thing but it's not going to be like an every episode thing but there are some some external stuff but you know that's basically down to production in the when you do a web series you've got a limited amount of budget money so it's like you know you can't really do a lot of external stuff because ex- the, the, if you ever work in any bbc productions or any tv television productions the thing the, the two things that cost the most money are talent and outreach stuff so uh, location and talent are the two yeah. things that cost the most money uh, so whenever you do a low budget thing, you can you pay people scale for talent and you just try and do as little location shooting as possible because that's the most expensive thing to do. Yeah. Um, 
But the plan is just to kind of reveal. And actually, you guys, you, you should probably help with this because the plan, actually, this glad we brought this up because this is to, this is to do with their uh, FCD. The plan, if it all goes to according to plan, which as you know, stuff usually doesn't, yeah. <laughs> is um, the plan is we're going to film it in January. So the plan is we're going to do rehearsals at the beginning of January is the plan. We're just looking for places to be able to do it right now. I'm looking at places in Newcastle to, to do rehearsals. And then the plan is to film it in the late January. And then I'm going to work on it with the idea to kickstart it. Hopefully, if the Will and David are okay with it, I'm planning on releasing the Kickstarter while we're at FCD. Oh. That's the plan. Maybe I'm hoping, but the problem is it's kind of an, an, an adult series, so I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm going to ask them that, but I might even like showcase it somehow. But at the very least, because I know there might be a table, I think the, from what I've gathered is there's going to be some sort of media section. So even if it's just a table where people can watch it on a laptop or something maybe, but I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to be, prom- hopefully if all goes according to plan, we'll release the Kickstarter while we're there so we can go around and tell people to have a look at it really. Okay. I'll um, definitely look out for that. And what was uh, it called again? Sorry. Uh, looking forward to failure. Forward uh, it's an oxymoron as in it's a double negative, but it's uh, Atari's EP. Uh, it's a, again, an homage to them. It's uh, but the reason I called it that is because that is essentially like, how you make a business that's kind of the criteria you have to have you have to have the ability to be okay with the with the negative failure you get mm. and that's why the whole joke is the looking forward to failure is you've got to look forward to stuff going wrong as well as going right yeah um which is the theme of the whole series the whole series is about all the characters in it like my character rick again homage to bottom because the two main guy characters are called rick and ed yeah uh which is homage to bottom and my character is an aspiring writer who's getting nowhere. He's just left university and he's struggling to get a job. The girl in it called Chloe is a comic book writer who's works 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 as a waitress and she's just trying to become an trying to become an established artist. A homaging displaced um, out there, or maybe maybe yeah. Oh, there's loads of homages in it. I mean, you, you, if you ever look at anything, everything's influenced by everything. Like you know, so you can make that argument. So probably that's a fair thing to say. Um, and um, and Ed, who uh, is a real techno-savvy guy, who reveals in the pilot episode that he works in the call centre. He's got this all like bravado of, oh, I'm like this really techno-savvy guy, and I really love my job, and it's fantastic, and it's really like earth-shatteringly, uh, like it, it it influences everyone. And he goes, so like, well, so what do you do, Ed? I work in a call centre, <laughs> like, um, uh, which is a actual conversation I had with a friend of mine where he would bullshit like oh I've got the greatest job ever and it's like oh, I work in a call centre he's like because of the money because of the money it's like that's that's all I ever got I'm sure I, I'm, I don't know if you guys know uh, if it's like that where you guys are from but in Newcastle there's a lot of call centre because Geordie's is the accent people want yes, to hear yeah, yeah. so when I was growing up in particular especially around university time a lot of my friends for university would get call center jobs because yeah, they would pay money, yeah. 11 pound an hour or 12 pound an hour or something which for a student is a lot of money yeah. so but the problem is is because the money was a lot a lot of my friends would end up being in the call center far longer than they should uh, because the money the money entices you to stay there that's not one of the reasons they pay you a lot also a friend of mine told me at uni they would pay you money to do the training but you'd have to sign a minimum 12 month deal, but they would give you like a grant to do the training over a summer. So you'd get three weeks to get a grant of money and then you get a 12 month contract at the end of it. So that's why it's lucrative because they give you money to kind of make you do it. Uh, but they want to make sure you get, they get at least 12 months of work out here before you decide to leave. Um, 
but yeah, it's 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 got loads of of geeky references. Like I touched on, why I don't like about Big Bang Theory. It's not going to be a let's take the piss out of the geeks series. No, it's, uh, it's, yeah, yeah. It's about being a geek and how difficult it is, but how fulfilling it is and it's 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 showing how fun that side of life is and um, it obviously has some uh conflict in because it has to be in a sitcom but that's not the main focus of it it's got a lot of serious it's got a lot of serious parts about it that's what i love about only fools and horses in particular that's what yeah. inspired is i love like i love just as much the you know him falling down at the bar as well as him doing that monologue when he has his kid yeah you know i think that's one of the best monologues ever written i think it's just phenomenal or when he talks um, to his mum's grave yes no there's loads of them like yeah uh, um when he is in the lift with rodney and and he's lost his child and he, the best, that's one of the best acting I think I've seen with uh, with Nicholas Lindhurst. He's just phenomenally good. Um, the one where they, um, he, he, he breaks the lift on purpose. Yes. So yeah. he make, forces yeah. him to cry about losing his baby. And yeah. it's beautifully, beautifully yeah. sharp, beautifully it's one done. Of those, it's it's um, that perfect mix of comedy and, and mm. human emotion and human story. And it makes it more real. It makes it more real, which is one of the reasons I think doing that's more appropriate because there's too many um, there's too many comedy shows I see where they go for the joke, yeah, and it just it isn't realistic. It's like a person who comes into the room and goes, "Hello, I'm such and such. How are you all doing?" It's like no one walks into the room and talks like yeah. that, like you know. Um, it, so I want it to be as real as possible, almost like which is one of the reasons why I think The Office is genius that Ricky Gervais did because. It was filmed like a documentary. As he said, it wouldn't have worked doing it that way. But I actually think that should be a showcase and an influence to people to go, that's, I think, how things should be shot. It should be shot like you're watching it in reality as opposed to... There's too many sitcoms that... That's a a lot of the reality show that a lot of people started wanting to watch. You know. But they aren't real though. This is the thing. I know yeah, that from yeah. Geordie Shaw. I have friends who worked on Geordie Shaw. I actually had a friend of mine who was in a nightclub where they actually Geordie Shaw was being filmed, and they heard the producer say to the two cast members who were walking into the toilet of this nightclub, "Right, you're going to say that you overheard her doing this, and you're going to start a fight based on that." So yeah. it's all, it's all, it's oh, all yeah, no, prearranged. I think we all like, yeah, one um, understands that. But it's, it's like wrestling. You know, it's not real, but you love mm, watching it. Predetermined, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so no, yeah, um, so the plan is to do right, to f- record the pilot of the web series with the idea of ga- ga- getting uh, money through Kickstarter, hopefully, to be able to do the full ten episodes, which is what I've wrote. So okay, well, um, well, let, well I'm, I'm quite interested in looking at that. In fairness, of seeing it, so yeah, cool. so I'm glad. I hope start. I pitched it well. That's, no, that's, that's going to be my job good. for the next three months. It sounds to really pitch good. Pitch it well. Um, I mean, I, I should also reiterate that um you know it isn't like i touched on with the board game thing we're not doing it to make a, to make money everyone's do, going to be doing it for scale everyone who's working on the pilots doing it for free um free is in the you know i'm not paying them a, a salary i mean obviously i'm gonna like make them well fed and everything i don't like this idea of being someone who's been an actor i hate this idea of people working for free as in literally for free. Like I'm one of these people who believes in if you're going to make someone do something, the, the very least they should be well fed or like pay that travel at the very least. Free um, pizza and petrol. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. I hate when people say, you know, because if you're spending your own money going to a place to, to get an opportunity to do something that isn't free, you're paying for the opportunity. That's how I look at it as. So I, I that's what I mean by free. But I, what I mean is I'm not paying them to be part of it, uh, as in, as in paying to be in part of the production or anything. But um, if we did get to the Kickstarter once we get to the Kickstarter thing we're we're basically doing it for scale as in I'm gonna we're gonna figure out a number for the least amount we can do it in order to make the series like we're gonna work out the magical number of what we're gonna need to make it for the least amount of money as possible is the point um, because I want it to be made, basically. Yeah. Um, and that's no, no, what you should kind of have to do. Now. I think it. I think it's something that's going to be brilliant. I love, I love the idea. Because um, I think there's not enough. I I'm glad you said that. Because I mean, there's. Uh, for, for, in my opinion, and I know I might be wrong in this. Like, I, I was never a huge fan of Alvida Saint Pet, for example. I mean, I've heard. I, I know there's. I have a friend of 20 years who violently disagrees with me, but um, there's the like. Uh, what's it called? Um, that series is on BBC. It was on for it's been on recently. Like Venom. Uh, uh, no, what is it called? Heaven. Heaven, isn't it? Heaven. There's a BBC show called Heaven, which is based here, which doesn't really, for me, showcase what being in Newcastle or the Northeast is like. You know, I think it's far better than the thing that's portrayed. And then you watch something like Geordie Shaw, where he's absolutely decimated. You know, yeah. get, you know, he's got some bad. Too bad a rep, basically. Mm. Yeah, it's just that it focuses on the stereotype, which we aren't. Like ninety percent of the people I know in Newcastle, and having been on the comedy scene and the performer scene, and 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 going to gigs and various other things, I've met enough Geordies in my time where about ninety percent of the people I've met are nothing like what's portrayed in mainstream media. Like we're not, you know, wanting to go and get hammered and, and yeah, sleep with the, the first person. It's just not not. Yeah, it's true. the same for us, isn't it? It's just, I mean, we're all, all three of us are from Essex, you know, and. It, <laughs> Of course, the only way is Essex. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, and that's, that's yeah. the first thing people, everyone says, and my missus hates it because she's she's supposedly an Essex girl. They go, oh, white stilettos. And, well, no. <laughs> What's it called? A va- va- what is it? Vajazzle. Yeah, vajazzle. That's it. Yeah, the word. The yeah, which hell. which <laughs> just, uh, you, you'll find that pretty much ninety percent of the, the women in Essex aren't like that. It's just what's which was just portrayed. And again, mm. it's the same. I've I've been down Brentwood and I know Brentwood very well and everything within only way is Essex is just well it's like you it's say it's, it's inaccurate it's if you go down to South End and you spend, spend a night in South End it's nothing like that at mm. all but yeah that's the whole point about that's that's why uh going against the stereotype is very important because it's a bit like you know we touched on board game clubs like I'm a member of a board game club and the perception for board gamers is that we're un, like unsociable um introverted uh you know in, an inclusive club that won't welcome anyone else in and it's in my experience 99 percent of that's completely not true like you'll get the odd person who's a little bit you know over the top with their with their enjoyment of board games and they'll get a little bit over the top with it but um you know i i i would counter that by i i from the most part the people that i ever work with or play with like you know i i play with people who are you know the the age range of people i play board games with can be like 20 to my age which is 28 to 60 you know that's that's how you'll you'll find a lot of those people more honorable as well like the the honor of fair play and the honor of i mean when we when me and simon do our board games uh, um our, our board game days there'll be times where 
someone will realise something which would make them instantly win, but they'll put their hands up and say, you know, that's you, that's um, if I if you do that, that means I'm going to win. So we can either end the game now or we can really enjoy it and do something else. You know, so it's it, yeah, it's that yeah. one of fair play. Mm-hmm. No, and it's also like um. It's also, uh, yeah, I usually, it's a good point you make because I I always say that, that I think you very often find in these sort of circumstances people who are very like-minded in the sense of that they they have a good etiquette about them that you know obviously there's different personalities but you have the criteria of that you all like board games but you find that we have very they're very good manners and they're very interesting and you 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 can talk to them outside of the board game because i very often say that board games can be the greatest board games ever but if you've got the the worst company it can be the the the, it can be a very bad experience so it all is dependent on who you're playing with yeah um And for the most part, I have a great time. It's one of the reasons I go is because um, you get the opportunity to talk and mess with people like like I did with the like the stories I mentioned earlier about you know making the guy say the wrong name for two months. And, you know, that's that's hilarious. Like you know, and we still talk about that now. Yeah. You know, and, and that's that's what you mean. You still get the, you never say remember that time I beat you at that game. It's like oh remember that time where we screwed with you. You know where we yeah, laughed yeah. about that thing. That it's about the the enjoyment of being around people. Exactly. I mean we've uh, we've we've me and Sarah played. Uh, Axis and Allies, um, the D-Day one, that's the main board game we play. We love playing it. But the Allies have only ever won once. And it's, <laughs> and it's the, one of those things that we almost wanting them to win. And last time we played it, Sire played the Germans. And I, I finally won with the Allies. And it was almost the point that Simon was on my side. <laughs> yeah, finally. We saw yeah. it happen. Yeah, yeah. 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 We, we're no longer speaking German anymore. <laughs> it's like there's always someone who plays Battlestar Galactica in our board game club. And there's uh, there's very few times the Cylons ever win. So it's like uh, whenever whenever they play. So every time someone wins with the Cylons, it's like they almost have like a, a shouting match with people like, Flylon's finally won a game! My God! Like, yeah, so. Anyway, so I'm sorry I've spent yeah, no, 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 about is. the web series, but I, I, I'm, I'm oh, very... I'm you did. Feel free to cut it down if you if it was too long, but um, I, 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 I'm I really proud of it, and uh, I, I'm really excited to get it made, and, and uh, it will get made, and we will do a Kickstarter, and let's hope it'll work out, but... Um, be sure to let us know, and I can share it, and... Uh... Um, I mean, as I say, there's some really great people working on it. Um, uh, my friend Wayne worked. We worked on BBC stuff together. We, I don't know if you ever watched Young Musicians. I heard about it, but me and him uh, were part of the production team for that. And Sage, uh, we uh, were part of the BBC production for that. Uh, he's. Um, we've also worked on um, a bunch of other stuff that get filmed in the BBC up here. Uh, we did some freelance stuff uh, for a while. Um, I, I think I'm actually still registered under the BBC as a freelancer, but I, I haven't had work for them in a while. But because um, it is hard to get to get to get to get everything. But um, cool thing about young musicians being all geeky, we actually worked with the Doctor Who team. Oh. Yeah, they were all part of uh, from Siri Wales, uh, BBC Siri Syria or whatever it's called Wales, BBC Wales basically, and they were all uh, from the doctor who team so they were working on something separate just for the bbc and so we just spend our time going so what's it like what's the tardis like <laughs> um we were just like also going well if you ever need anyone else to help work on the series i'll i'll totally go and live in cardiff <laughs> like no problem no problem i'll i'll move tomorrow if that's what you want uh just just to let you know that's that's if that's what you want you yeah, know if, yeah. if there's an opportunity yeah I'm just letting it be blatantly, obviously aware that I'm interested. One hundred percent, definitely. One, definitely. Yes, 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 yes. Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just wait, where you like, you know, you're not hinting. It's like bleeding obvious that you're wanting to do. Yeah, but anyway, um, 
so yeah, uh, so Wayne, who helps produce it, uh, as I say, he's worked on BBC stuff. Uh, David, who's the director, is uh, worked for Sky for several years. Um, uh, he's worked on a like so much stuff I can't even like um you know a bunch of like TV stuff which you know nothing like you he's, he's experienced is the point is that he's did a bunch of documentaries for Sky and worked for Sky One for a bit and um so yeah he's he, he's he's a real find uh, it was Wayne's recommendation so I'm super excited for him to be part of it because he's really talented um I've got an animator friend of mine who's actually a fan of Geek Apocalypse he's going to do the animator stuff for the opening credits which is phenomenal um. Uh, I'm writing the theme music for it, which a friend of mine's helping me make. Uh, so it's a really like it's a much bigger project. It's a much bigger production than it should be for a web yeah. series. But it's me, so, like, it's me on. calling in favors. Yeah. <laughs> it's me going. This friend would you help with this? This friend could you help with this? Like I've got a friend doing all the logos as well. That's um, a puzzle, isn't it? Yeah, it's why it's taken up a lot of my spare time, which is like leaking into other stuff and I'm getting overly tired. So it's something I'm trying to make sure I like, because my, I don't know whether you guys are like this, but especially being a business guy is you want it to happen now. Like, so I'm like going, all right, let's get a rehearsal space. Let's rehearse yeah. next week. Uh, and my producer's like, my Wayne's like uh, texting me and ringing me going, you know, you, you need to like, it'll happen when it happens. Like, yeah. cause that's going to get you stressed. If you want it to happen next week, it won't happen. And you'll think that you're not doing the right thing. And that's just a bad attitude. And, but it's not, it's not, well, it's not a bad attitude in that I'm not deliberately doing that. It's just cause I want, again, goes back to what I said earlier. I want it to be good. Yeah. Um, uh, which is always my my go-to thing is that I want it to be as good as it can be. So that's why I'm trying to get the best of the people I know to be involved in it. So it will be good because I want people to go on the Kickstarter. So basically what will happen is the pilot will be released. So it's like a 12-minute pilot, basically introducing the characters and obviously you have some funny bits of it and establish the characters. Because, for example, the girl in it's a lesbian. And one of the reasons I did that is because I'm, I'm revealing in the opening pilot that she's gay and she has a girlfriend walks in at the end and, and kisses and walks off yeah and the the reason i did that is because i deliberately did it that way because i i if we did make the series it's very rarely going to be touched on because i wanted it to be uh, at it. because i hate series where they'll go that guy person's that girl's a lesbian and every joke is in relation to the fact about what their sexuality yeah. is like that that would never happen in in a real life like i have gay friends and, I, and the point I'm making is, especially friends I've known a long time who are gay, is I don't go up to them and every five minutes go, so have you, like if it's a, if a guy, so who have you, which guy have you slept with recently? That's not the topic of conversation, yeah, the fact yeah. that they're gay. It is just a part of who they are, but it's not it's not something I, I ever talk about. So Yeah, yeah you're um, referencing it, but you're not overstating it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's something that would have to, yeah, because... If you're a producer or something, it's a good point. Is because one of the things you have to do is you have to be upfront about something straight away, as opposed to having the audience decide how you're going to deal with it. It's a bit like in comedy. If you ever stand a comedian, one of the things you get advice is deal with how you look straight away because that's the first thing the audience are going to see. So when yeah. I did stand-up comedy, the joke I did, like I had a Christmas gig once and went, did everyone enjoy that? Did everyone? The first joke I ever did in stand-up, I'll, I'll tell you, is is I went, walked up to the stage and went, hey, guys, I'm going to have a good Christmas. And I went, yeah. And I went, I didn't. And I went, oh, I went, why is that? And I went, well, uh, I didn't get any cards. Well, I did. But when I opened the cards, it just said, happy birthday, Jesus. <laughs> um, because I do look Jesus-like. Yes. So it's the, it, you know, it's the obvious thing. It's the thing that most strangers in that environment tell me. So, 
I um so yeah I um I I dealt with it and that's the thing you have to do in any production like that is if you're gonna establish that a character has that type of type of, of situation establish it at the opening episode and then so then on. it gives you the it gives you the yeah because it gives you the the right to ignore it because yeah. it's and and make it not not relevant and but then that makes it how much more funnier. Yeah, well, there's a character in it. Uh, his name's Colin at the minute, which might change, but it's it's based on an actual guy I knew called Colin, so it probably will change. Because <laughs> um, he was a right, he was very strange. He, 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 actually, no, it wasn't Colin. I think I called him Colin, but actually, no, it's in reference to a friend I knew. Actually, I want to ask you guys this, because this, I've, I've never met someone who said yes to this yet, which is why I included it in the series. Do you ever know someone, I don't know whether you guys are like this, but do you know someone who ever invite, wants wants to be invited to stuff but never goes? Do you, have you ever come across that situation where someone is like an invitation whore, but they that but they sense. never they never go to things. They just want to be included. Um I've I've known someone similar but not quite. Some some yeah, yes and no. I've had some I've had someone where they've done that and they're just they they're notorious for not turning up. Because they're just like that. They will just cancel last, last minute and not bother telling people. And they'll give you such a hard time about not being invited either as well. Yeah. But yeah. it'll be the case of if you don't invite them and you all do something, they would have wanted to be there. But if they get the invite, they, they will well, cancel I, last I kinda, minute. Well, I kind of... I had a friend growing up where he would... I ended up not being friends with them because I was like... You don't turn up to everything, and any uh, you don't turn up to anything, which in my regards is you not being a friend because I don't see you. Mm. And the only time I ever talk to you is reminding me of how much of a, an arse I am for not inviting you. When I do invite you, you just don't turn up. Yeah. Uh, so it's like that's just a stupid thing. But I kind of use that to com- comedic effect by this character who's a semi-regular character. He just turns up to things without being invited. So it's kind of the opposite. So we'll be sitting there in a in a in, the, in a kitchen scene. And the camera will pan out, and he'll just be sitting there eating something, and he'll be like, "It just won't be mentioned why he's there." And he doesn't. It's, it's a bit like Dan from um, yeah. from yeah, um, him and her. He's my favourite character yeah, in that okay. film. Yeah, he's in that episode, in their TV series. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so there's just loads of funny things that happened with him. So yeah, it's 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 a it's going to be a, a a massive like I'm probably going to have a heart attack making it, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> and uh, no, I'm, I'm looking very, forward to it. Actually. Very happy sounds with good. It. And it, it, it's going to be at the very least it's going to look amazing it's going to it's we've got some great equipment for it um as i say there's some really good people working on it the thing that most concerns us is we still need to cast for some of the characters so that's something where we obviously need to get right which is why i'm not sure when we're going to actually film it because we need to still get that right uh we're in the process of gonna we're gonna hold open auditions over over the christmas period um so that's the plan um so yeah once it once it gets in the works i will obviously let you guys know if you're happy to help promote it that would be great um because uh as i say yeah, that's definitely something please, I'm really please do. uh but yeah so that's that um i say the twitch channel and the podcast uh and that's kind of what i'm working on at the minute um and that's basically it so yeah <laughs> long-winded answer but yeah, the yeah. Web- <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, it's just I never get a chance to. One of the things about being on my podcast, I never get the opportunity to actually talk about what we're doing, other than that. Because I'm. What we sort of always ask on our one is like, what sort of you know, where can we find you, and what sort of stuff you you sort of doing at the moment? So. Yeah, it's sort of nice because like you know I have to you know, ask other people questions and I never get, you know, you, if you have an opinion about something, you very often have to not say anything to let the other person talk. So, yeah. and on your own podcast, whereas here I can kind of go, this is what I'm doing. Like, this is, this yeah. is what I'm up to. So, 
Um, you never know. I mean, it's a shame you're in Essex because I would offer you cameos. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you're ever well, in Newcastle, we're, well, we're going up to Birmingham, when we on the in April. Oh so. yeah, that's that's uh, yeah. Yeah, you never know. Telford Phil. Sorry, Telford Phil. Like brown ale, 
And the joke is not only do people the joke is not only do they get it wrong, but they react as if he did say he was gay. So they go, <laughs> "You're a disgrace to the family. I can't believe it." Like, and I'm like, "What? I don't like brown ale." And the he's, he, the, the the mother goes like, "Get out! You're disowned. Don't. I don't want to see you again." So they act like all over the top ridiculous because it is based on my dad. My dad was a brown ale drinker, and when I first started drinking. Like after I was 18, when I would uh, like meet him in a pub, because that's like I don't have a great relationship. My dad's more like social, so I would meet him in a pub, and you'd go and like buy a drink, and he wanted to buy brown ale, and I like just mentioned casually I didn't like brown ale, and that's what I got the idea from, because he looked yeah. at us as if I'd said like, oh by the way, I think you're an absolute dick. Like that's that's literally <laughs> he looked at me like I'd like I'd called him a name or something. He was so like disgraced. So I took that reaction and just elaborated the story in that like, oh maybe I should do this thing of like. I made it a big, even bigger deal. Inspiration uh, for the smallest things. They're sometimes yeah. the best. But yeah, so it's my, my dad. My, my dad has a lot. There's a lot of dad stories in there that I've just kind of elaborated or changed into to suit the, the situation. But it's. Uh, um, I just, I, I, I'm looking forward to do the pilot, but obviously I want, you know, in order for the Kickstarter to work, I'd really want to get the money to be able to do the whole series because. You know, I, I really worked hard on it as well. That's another thing about when you work on something, you know, people don't realize that if you like write something like I did at the time, I probably like spent about six months writing it like um, in my spare time and, you know, draft redrafting it and making it work. And, it's a lot of effort, isn't it? Uh, yeah. And it's like if it's sitting there and you just write it, but it's one of them things where it has to be made into a production. You're like, I really need to do this. Like I, I, I want it to be made. So the only way that's going to happen is by asking people like the people I know to help me make it because I can't do it on my own. Because at one point, at one point, my friend Wayne, who produced it, said I should direct it myself. But I was like, that's too much work because I'm in it. I, I'm in it. I'm going to help produce the thing, but obviously. But the whole idea is, is because I'm in most of it, it's like, well, I want to I wanna, um, make that, sure that, that the well. people behind the camera know what they're doing so I don't have to be saying to people, right, I want it shot this way because I want people who are more skilled at me at that because I'm not a director. I'm nowhere near, I'm, I, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be offensive enough to suggest to people that i am because i'm not i know how i know how to i know how to do shots and i know how to do all that kind of thing but learning how to do that as well as trying to get the series to be good is not a good idea so i wanted to be someone who knew what they were doing who wasn't afraid as well one of the things i like about david he's not afraid to voice his opinion which i've encouraged him to do so if he thinks something can be shot better than what I've suggested or what someone else has suggested, I want people to be open enough to say that because I think that makes a healthy atmosphere when making something. You don't want someone to kind of be like sort of like biting their lip going, I really don't like the way this is done, but they don't want to say anything. Cause yeah, because they're too yeah, we're worried you're going to rage at them. Well, well I know. Once, you, um, once you get a pilot off the ground or, or, or even before, Sneaky, sneaky, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, send it over so I can have a little look. I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite keen to have a little look. Well, no, I will do, yeah, no problem. Because um, it'll, uh, it'll be obviously re- ready to go way before the Kickstarter, hopefully. So, yeah, I will do that. Um, that I've actually had, had people who have done that before. There was a guy on the podcast who was doing some sort of futuristic thing. And I was shocked to find out he did it at the community community halls in Newcastle with green screen for like next to no money and it looked phenomenally good i was well impressed i have no idea what happened to that i don't think it got made because he said it he said which made me go wow that he said he had an, a, a meeting arranged with a representative from netflix but it must never have went anywhere because i don't think uh-huh. it's, um but it's, he sent me but the point i'm making is he sent it before the kickstarter um so i got to see it before anyone else so yeah no i'm happy to do that um please do definitely. i'm just hoping it'll 
I, I say I'm hoping it's going to be good. I know it's going to be good because I'm I'm a control freak, so it wouldn't be good. <laughs> I would send it out without it being good. My opinion of good, obviously, it's just a, it's an objective viewpoint, but I, I I want it to be. I want to feel like I think it's good. Yeah, yeah. So once you'll say it, it'll be me going. This is what I think because it's going to have a certain style of sense of humor. So if if you don't like it for that reason, then that's fair enough because that's just a subjective viewpoint. But uh, if someone turns around and says, oh, I don't think it's good, I would probably argue with them. <laughs> and, but then you should do. But yeah. But I, I say that about the podcast. It's like whenever I get criticism about that, I'm like, I understand your opinion, but I'm not going to change the way I do it because that's who I am. So. Mm. Sodom. Sodom all and just do it to enjoy. This is what. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I'm working on. So obviously, yeah, I'll keep you guys posted and hopefully we'll be Absolutely. talking about it. So if people want to find out more, obviously, well, you can find, uh, you'll find it on... Um, geekapocalypse.com dot com. Thank you. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, you can find it on there. Uh, I mean, we'll. I'll be tweeting. I'll be better off probably following me on Twitter, which is at geek underscore apocalypse because someone has geek apocalypse Twitter name. I'm really annoyed. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll be tweeting about it in the coming months. Uh, mainly, uh, there is a Twitter Twitter account for that, but I haven't like promoted it yet because I want it to look good before I promote it and various other things. So once uh, once that happens, obviously follow the the series on Twitter, and yeah, I'll be I'll be tweeting about it more often. It's just it's still kind of in pre-production at the minute. Yeah. So once it's uh, once it's sort once we start filming it, I'll be like sort of tweet probably be tweeting some behind the scenes photos and various other things. And and um, one of the cool things about the Kickstarter is we're going to do a lot of behind the scenes recording as well, which is going to be fun. We've got a guy filming the whole thing, so like filming behind the scenes, in between scenes and stuff, because we want to like anyone who's done a kickstarter campaign knows you're going to have to update it with more stuff as the kickstarter is happening so yeah i'm going to do a bunch of like interviews with the cast and various other things so it's it's a huge undertaking but as someone who's got experience being involved in production i'm gonna be like really i guess another word sort of anal, anal about it make attention to detail like it's gonna and there's gonna be enough content that i hope is going to keep people interested during the time it's on kickstarter because I'm, I have no idea. People have other people have asked me this. I've got no idea what money we're going to ask for because that's something we need to work out. But mm. like I've touched it's still on early days, yeah. Like because we don't know how much it's going to cost until we do the pilot, really, because we don't know how long it's going to take to do each episode. Because with mm. it being a web series, it's going to be about 10, 10 to fifteen minutes every episode, roughly. So I, I don't know the answer to that yet, uh, and that's the honest truth. It's not me sort of uh, avoiding the question. That's it's fair enough. I don't know. Um, uh, but but time will tell. Time will and tell. All, and also, my point, just to reiterate, like I said earlier, um, we are doing, it, we will be doing it for the least amount of money. Um, it's it's not a case of us going. We're good, we want a huge pot of money to 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 be ridiculous about it. Like whatever, t- I would be happy if we made a penny over whatever target we suggested. That's that's my. That's my goal. Then for you, you've done it. It's something you've always wanted to do, and you, it's, it's out there. So for, for people to do enjoy. And probably as well, even if you looked at it, with me spending money on probably like getting external stuff, like we'd probably have days where we'd be like, we've forgot something and I'd have to spend my own money to do it. I, I severely doubt I, I personally would make any money from doing it anyway, because I'd be doing like three other people's jobs during it. So, mm. you know, I, I, you know, you can make an argument of I could, if I could have done, I would hire other people to do what I'd be doing when I'm not acting in it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the that's the 
it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit like us three. I mean, we do this to enjoy it. You know, I mean, not only just because we, we're three good friends. It's just it's not only strength in the friendship, but we we get to meet people, we get to do exciting things. You know, and and that, that's that's what we love about it. You know, the the the, the fact that we get even the, the ability to talk to some people like yourself and, and, and to talk to people like the, from FCD, you know, it's like you say, it gives you that absolute kick. You think, oh, you know what, this is brilliant. I love it. It's funny. It's, and it's, as you touched on earlier, it's great to talk to like-minded people. That's the best. Like, and, and, and also people who don't agree with my opinion. I, I actually, the, the podcasts I most enjoy are people who go, I don't actually think that because that's what I want to hear because I always yeah. question what I think. Mm. That's actually very useful. That should, that's, you should always have that have that view of 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 questioning question what you think about things that's that's very useful in the business world um because you need to kind of go am i doing the right thing that's something you always ask yourself in every situation so for a website for the website user is going to be great because if we're going to do something we're going to i'm always going to go now is that the right way to do that to make it good um which is useful so yeah um, but also as well, there'll be Star Trek references in it. I, uh, like, so in in this in the next game you play this, where it's what references? Hopefully it'll be. And Steven's looking forward to failure. He mentions uh, <laughs> <laughs> he mentions data. Uh, I'll make sure that that happens. Don't you worry. Because my uh, my friend my friend uh, Wayne, who's in it, who's a bigger geek as I am, uh, he said I should put in because there isn't a Star Trek reference in the first episode, like the pilot. And he's like, you should put, if we are going to do it, where we're going to kickstart it on that day, you should put a Star Trek reference in just because obviously if people watch it. And I'm like, that's a fair point because there are Star Trek references in the later episodes, but I might just put a line in to make it, make it humorous. The line uh, must be drawn here. Yes. And yes, the, the line. line <laughs> this far, no further. <laughs> <laughs> Could be arguing with his dad over a pint of brown ale. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, was, uh, oh, like, now uh, I'm giving you too many ideas. Yeah, I'll, yeah, send, I'll, I'll send my invoice in a it's, post. It's funny. No, it's it, it, I, I, I believe me, I, I understand it. Any friends I've ever talked to about this uh, privately, that's all I ever get whenever I say that I'm making this. Is the go, oh, well, what you should do is like, you know, maybe you should do a reference in relation to it. Like, you know, because, you know, I hang around geeks basically. So they're always wanting to throw in a line or two, which I'm, I'm happy to, to listen to. So. Well, if it gets yeah, put in yeah. there, I'll quite happily be just put a smile on my face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably. I, I there will be some sort of impression of somebody, like you know. I'll probably I'll probably throw in my captain, uh, my captain Barbosa impression. It's the only impression I can do. <laughs> you better well, start we... believing and go stories, Miss Turner. That's the only impression I can do. Pretty good actually. Uh, also, um, my Tom DeLong. Where are you? But <laughs> if you blink one or two, people, but that's a. Um, yeah. That's quite easy. There you go. After the podcast or later on, I'll just I'll um, I'll well I'll I'll, I'll let you look forward to my uh, Ginger Man impression from Shrek. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. So uh, anyway, yeah, I'm sorry that took forever. I was putting no, like, minutes no, on that. Feel free. To we want to hear down. about it. Cut it down, do what you want with it, but yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm very proud of it, and it's taken up a lot of my time recently, so. I can tell, you can tell. Um, but yeah, there we go. Brilliant. Well, um, I think we've got to Star Trek references somewhere in that, so if you're still alive at the end of this podcast, <laughs> and you've enjoyed it, please, please um, like and share, like and share, as, as the, uh, the people from Red Shirt Diary say, and then <laughs> please check out Geek Apocalypse, it's, it's brilliant, so have a little look, guys. Right. Um, I think we're ending it there, are we, guys? 
Yeah, we have fixed stuff. It. We've covered everything. <laughs> I think that does. Let's see if you're free to do what you want with it. It is your podcast. <laughs> so, as always, I... It'll just be, it'll just be used to... You'll be used going, hi, welcome, and I'll be like, right, we're done. And just me, I'm not going to be in it. I'm not going to be in it. Going. Yeah, that's a good idea. We'll do that. Jamie, you edit it, and uh, we get that all sorted, yeah? <laughs> yeah, no worries. <laughs> it'll just be right. We, it'll just be like... It'll be the be one thing will be me doing that reference to Red Dwarf, and you'll be like, that's the only usable thing to say. That's it. <laughs> So as always, I've been Phil. I've been Jamie. And I've been Simon. And we uh, thank our wonderful guest, Stephen, for coming on board. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. Much appreciated. It's been great. Thanks, man. Bye. And we'll see you soon, guys. See you later. See you later. Bye. 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 Bye.